Rivetti, what's up? I'm sorry, sir. It's just a difference of opinion that got out of hand. What about? It's really too silly to talk about, sir. I'd rather just forget about... I don't give a damn about what you'd rather forget about. Why were you two fighting? Well, I said that the Kirby Silver Surfer was the only real Silver Surfer. And that the Mobius Silver Surfer was shit. And Benefield's a big Mobius fan. And things got out of hand. I pushed him, he pushed me. I lost my head, sir. I'm sorry. Rivetti, you're a supervisor. You can get a commission like that. I know it, sir. You're 100% right. It's never happened again, It right? better not happen again. I see this kind of nonsense, I'm gonna write you up. You understand? Do you understand? Yes, sir. You have to set an example, even in the face of stupidity. Now, everybody that reads comic books knows that Kirby Silver Surfer is the only true Silver Surfer. Now, am I right or wrong? <laughs> You're right, sir. All right. Get out of here. Yes, sir. You're traveling to another radio show. A broadcast not only of sight and sound, but of mind, mind. mind. A journey into the wondrous land whose boundaries are that of the imagination. imagination. That's the on-air sign up ahead. Your next stop, Afro Nerd Radio. With your guides, Dee Bird, Captain Kirk, and on Grindhouse Saturdays, the uncanny Daryl D. And introducing West Coast correspondent, Miss Claire Linnae. Mind expansion engaged. Again, shout out to Uncle Hotep. My name is Debert, aka the Afro Nerd, and welcome to another fascinating, funky, fiery edition, as always, of Afro Nerd featuring Captain Kirk. We may even actually see or hear, pardon me, hear from the Uncanny Daryl B. You never know. I know that because of the schedule, uh, things get a little bit wonky with his appearance. But because of what has happened this past weekend, of course, we know. We're going to talk about Avengers, the third outing, the sequel, Avengers Infinity War. Uh, I got a chance to check it out, believe it or not, today. I saw it this morning, early this morning, 7 a.m. Uh, at first, I was grumbling about that a little bit, but, you know, it's always for the best. This is in the inimitable wisdom of our captain. Uh, I was like, ah, you know, wow, that's pretty early. But at the same time, it really doesn't matter because as true Blurs, geeks, nerds of color, it doesn't really matter because we, we really want to see this thing. And at the end of the day, I, I am glad we did see it that early. You have a full day. I made sure that I had enough sleep where I was wide-eyed and bushy-tailed to actually look at this feast 
for the eyes. We're going to dig in deep, folks, as we always do. Quite a few Twitter responses, quite a few tweets asking, when are you guys going to talk about it? You guys better talk about it. You know the majority of the show is going to be devoted to, to, this, sh- to this movie. So it is what it is. Feel free to call in with your questions about Infinity War. Questions, protestations, queries, opinions, yay or nay, whatever, we can handle it. The call-in number, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. So let's go past or get past. (laughs) Let's get past the Herb Alt song choice. You know, that's a chief component, our own spacely sprocket machinery. The herb alt, the Afropunk, the black rock and roll, the psychedelic soul, acid jazz, you name it, we got it. This is Gary Clark, his send-up of the Beatles classic Come Together. Give you, I might give you the entirety of the record, folks. It's about three minutes, so you're just going to have to bear with us. This is maybe an homage to the Justice League. Wasn't this... I believe this is, was part of the Justice League soundtrack, the Dealey Departed. <laughs> I shouldn't say that because I, I, uh, I, do, I do consider myself a DC fan. But after seeing Infinity War, wow. The, the, the nails are in the coffin, people. Let's get it in. Come together. Gary Clark Jr. Let's groove. Yeah. 
getting it in as always. Gary Clark Jr., send up of the Beatles, come together. Let's come together on this one, folks. This is the Grindhouse, courtesy of Afternoon Radio, as powered or engineered by Afternoon Radio. Um, let's just get into it. Let's just dive on in. It's a lot to discuss. We assure you this is going to be a spoiler-free broadcast, perhaps by Wednesday. Um, we'll get into more specifics about, again, it's just this past weekend. I think our friends from uh, from Podcast Juice, I think, not, no, I shouldn't say Podcast Juice, from Q-Storm's own reviews on YouTube, I think he might have, you know, I think he doesn't didn't give a, a care. <laughs> I believe. I didn't get a chance to check out his link on Twitter, but I believe he uh, and maybe his outfit, I think Michael Dean and, and the crew, I think those cats, they, you know, they decided to go full throttle with spoilers, I believe, unless I'm mistaken. We'll talk about it. Anyway, this is my partner in a white collar crime. He is the captain. Captain, you're needed on, uh, let's see, Titan. <laughs> let's get to it. Planet Titan. Space, the final frontier. These are the voyages of the starship Enterprise. Its five-year mission, to explore strange new worlds, to seek out new life and new civilizations, to boldly go where no man has gone before. Yes, people will keep it surface detail. We pull out all the Higgs field. Essentially, that means when one passes through a black pole, allegedly, theoretically, the Higgs field is pulled out. What gives you mass and the surface detail, just the informational space. So we're going to pull out all the emotion, all the, re- all the real stuff for the free, and we just give you the surface detail. What's left on the surface after you go through a black hole, you'll have to wait till Wednesday. You understand? When we have the full force of the Darrow B. To get what's going on I know some of you are foaming at the mouth Go easy man Go easy man Some people are not that fortunate I realize that I was able to see it twice You know Not just financially It's also time So we're going to go a little easy But we do have a show to do it at the same time So we're running a paradox also Let's get started Afro nerds Alright you know what Let me bring in Q-Storm like just right away <laughs> Because I think he's eager, eager to talk about this um, and also, he may, he may correct me with what he went into as far as whether it was a spoiler, spoiler or spoiler-free uh, podcast that he recently completed. I believe there's a Twitter, um, a, a Twitter message that he, that he sent out, and I wish I had enough time to actually check out his opinion, but I, I will get into it after the show, of course. Uh, he is the Mighty Q Storm Red, Red, uh, Red Shirts, pardon me, Red Shirts podcast, and of course, uh, Michael Dean's podcastjuice.net Qstorm, what's up my man? Hey, are you doing a review today of uh, Avengers? Oh, oh, come on <laughs> I don't have a choice Okay, <laughs> okay. <laughs> Yeah, oh, we did a um, Q. Spoiler that now? You wasn't paying attention Well, we, we did do a um, We did spoilers But, you know, Mr. Dean made it very clear That after the 20 minute mark We're going spoilers in So shut off the tape 
and uh, go see the movie first. So we we did extend that courtesy. Yeah. Okay. So you know we're not gonna we'll get it in on Wednesday when Daryl's his animated self. Uh, you know before we we even speak about this because again I saw it at, you know seven o'clock in the morning uh, today. Um, the captain, unbeknownst to me, the captain had already seen it earlier this week. So some folks have connections where others do not. <laughs> but, there we go. <laughs> uh, so Q, I'm going to I'm going to defer to you. What, what were your impressions again to the audience? I mean, you the show is called Afternoon. What else are we going to talk about? Uh, the third installment of the Avengers franchise, Avengers Infinity War, uh, the Russo brothers' invention, creation, helming. What were your impressions of what? has transpired this week, this weekend? Well, uh, ever since uh, Winter Soldier and uh, Civil War came out, I've been saying that the Russos are God. With the release of this movie, it's clear that the Russos are human. And what I mean by that is that, um, you know, no one, I'll put it this way, no one could have accomplished, could have done a better job with this film, given all of the weight and all of the things that they had to uh, compact into this film, uh, it, it is while it is not a it, it follows a very flawed film, I believe. It is still probably my favorite Avengers movie, and that's saying a lot. And a reason I say that is because I think it has the best villain of all the Avengers films thus far. Uh, and it has it, this film proves that the Russos are masters at framing, composing, choreographing fight scenes and battle scenes. Uh, the for the first two battle scenes were amongst some of the best I've ever seen out of all of their films. Um, the characters were compelling in in, in the fight scenes, uh, and Thanos makes uh, Josh Brolin, I mean, whenever I see that cat now, I'm going to be seeing that, that the purple face and the testicle chin. I mean, he uh. put his foot on that role. Uh. Um, <clears throat> now, the problems I had with this film were that I thought it was a little longer than it needed to be. I think some characters got more shine than, than was required, uh, namely Guardians of the Galaxy and Thor. There's a sequence, and I'm not giving anything away, it involves a uh, pretty surprising cameo, but it's a sequence that took like 20 minutes that should have taken maybe, could have taken five. Um, I thought other characters got a lot of shine. Doctor Strange, I mean, he stepped up his spell game tremendously since we last saw him, and he's shown for me. But another problem I had was, it looks like they doubled down on the humor aspect. I mean you know, making jokes about superhero ice cream and invisibility and this somewhat quasi-homoerotic thing going on between Peter Quill and Thor. Those jokes got kind of tiresome after a while. I wanted them to move on. And I do think they're still, I don't know what they're trying to do with Bruce Banner, but they're writing him now to be a moron. And I can't really give anything away, but there's a scene, this isn't spoiling anything, where he and Shuri have a little back and forth about well, why didn't you try this? And why didn't you do that? And Banner's like, well, we didn't think of that, actually. So rather than seeing Banner out in the field, you know, fighting, I would have rather have seen him keep his behind in the lab. And it would have been great to see him and Shuri going at it intellectually about how to accomplish what they were trying to accomplish. Again, not wanting to spoil anything. 
And they made an interesting choice with the Hulk that frustrated me because let's just say the Hulk doesn't get a lot of screen time. And I thought that was very frustrating. So overall, I gave the movie three out of five stars. It's still an entertaining film, compelling villain, although his motivations weren't that strong for me, but compelling performances, just too much humor, too many tonal shifts, too long, and some characters got way more shine than I think they deserved. That's my nutshell review. Uh, it's fair. I, I don't agree all the way through, but I, 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 uh, again, I, you know, I um, appreciate what you've said. I mean, I'm not going to, you know, say that you're wrong. It's, of course, it's your opinion, and I think what you, well, let's put it this way: what you're saying is valid. I just choose to look at it somewhat differently, and I mean somewhat differently. Uh, Captain, your thoughts, and then I, I will go get it in. And again, to our listening audience, feel free to buzz in, and you can contrib- contribute as well with your opinions. If you did get a chance to check out the Infinity War Avengers, 646-915-9620. Again, 646-915-9620. I see we have a caller. Caller, we'll get to you in two shakes. Let's go to the captain, then I'll go to myself, and we'll get to the caller. Uh, captain, your impressions of Infinity War. Well, I, well, I thought it was a very action-packed movie, very action-packed, but rather shallow, all right? It was a rather shallow movie. Maybe I have superhero fatigue, and I think I definitely had superhero fatigue when I went to see Black Panther, but Black Panther knocked all that out, and in my opinion, Black Panther is a way better movie than this, all right? That's just, that's just my opinion. This here followed the Marvel formula, which is very good as far as making money. Movies already up to $630 million, according to Box Office Mojo. And allegedly, theoretically, they, they paid, what, $300 million to make it? And let's say another $200 million to advertise it. You don't ever know the advertising aspect. So that means you made back all your money because the first weekend out. Allegedly, theoretically, you get 80% of that. So if you go 80% of 630 million, you could say you're over at five, what is that? 504 million. All right? 504 million dollars. All right? So they out of order. They sucking the money out of everybody, man. And if you really think about it, Marvel and just a few other smaller outfits have made money at the block office, at the box office. Everyone else ain't making any money. And who knows how much billions they're going to make on the IP. After this movie It's going to be ridiculous Now back, more, back with the movie I did enjoy Thor You know I enjoyed Thor I enjoyed his power set I also enjoyed Star-Lord You know I also think Thanos is a very Is uh, very good with his villain He's a crazy You know what I'm saying But the psychopath is definitely necessary Now now there's some issues with power sets of course There's a couple of things going on With that but I'll say that to Wednesday when we totally chop it up. I had a problem with that, you know. <clears throat> they, they, you know, with with a few individuals, few things going on. Also, the agenda that they also doing in respect to this. You see what's going on. Uh, I think they set up the next movie. I think, far as writing wise and far as depth, the next movie is going to be better. The depth was just low. Depth was just low. If I was fourteen. I'd have been jumping up and down, probably saying this is the best thing ever. Also, if this was five years ago, I'd have been jumping down saying this is the best thing ever. You understand? Marvel 
for me, is guilty of their own success. You keep raising the bar, raising the bar, raising the bar, some of that blows back at you, all right? It begins to blow back at you, and it lessens what's happening as far as the depths. Black Panther, again, I got to refer to Black Panther because it happened this year, you know, was a movie that had some depth to it. You had a lot going on from an emotional standpoint and everything else. Now, is it a repeat movie? I don't know about that. You understand? This, this may be a one and done and wait, maybe for some people. For the geek nerd, it's a repeat movie because you got to go in there and see where they messed up. I missed this. I missed, That's what the geek and nerds do. But the general audience who don't know whether Thor is in uh, DC or in Marvel, eh, I, I don't see them necessarily going. Because also, in the theater I go to, the reactions of the people leaving is like they, they left out. They're like, yeah, okay, it was cool. I didn't get that. When we saw Black Panther, I had black people. I had people, demographics, clapping, smiling, feeling good, and everything else. So that really, at the end of the day, does that really matter? You know, because they made so much money. Probably by next weekend, this week, we go a week forward, it's up to a billion dollars. Let's say it drops off $400 million or $380 million or whatever. They, they, they're up to a billion dollars, man. You know, Marvel, you're out of order. So the Ferraris is coming for them. But you, next week you go into profit mode. The Ferraris is coming. The side pieces are getting laced. You understand? Your wife is getting what she wants as far as the executives are concerned. It's wow. going down over there, Marvel. <laughs> All right? Wow, okay. That's the reality of it. It's going down. When you make your money back for what you put up, don't get, don't get it messed up. When a movie comes out, because it's a like gamble, you don't think everyone's like, come on, come on, movie, come on, come on, come on, come on. The numbers came back. Yeah, we good. We good. All right, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> you understand? They, they, they're feeling good right now over there. They're feeling really nice. Wednesday, I'll dig into it more. I'll answer Q's question with Banth, with, uh, with, with um, Dr. Bruce Banner, pertaining to Wakanda and why that was actually a good thing that they put in there in respect to intellect. But I'll do that more on Wednesday. But other things with Banner are very problematic. Other things with the Hulk are very problematic. But we'll get into that more Wednesday. Back over to you, Afrolet. Yeah, you know, just a couple of things. Um, Well, it's funny you mentioned Bruce Banner as played by Mark Ruffalo. Um, I thought that – I thought that – I actually preferred Ed Norton, but he went off the rails, I think, behind the scenes. I thought – Ed Norton most physically resembles Bruce Banner, the, the Hulk's alter ego. That's just one. Pre- and plus, the the way he he acts, he's one of those kind of actors where I thought he just looked like the guy. The um, he has the acting chops to pull off that role. And I think when he took over, because uh, I think Eric Bana first portrayed the Hulk. So when he and that was like the you know who was the the the, uh, the director um, of note that he's a very good a very good act director but he didn't do a great great job with that version well, of the Hulk movie. The director is Ang Lee, and I disagree. Ang he Lee, did. I think you. he did a pretty. I think he did a pretty damn good job, but that's just my opinion. Oh, of that Hulk movie? On the first, the first, the very first one. All right. Well, that would be a whole show getting into that. I don't. I, I don't agree. But I, I would not disagree <laughs> with Ang Lee's. I wouldn't disagree with Ang Lee's ability. I think, I mean, at the time, I will confess, at the time, I did not dislike that movie. 
but once once the um the MCU machine came on came uh was starting up you could start to see some of the issues I had with it um I thought that again Ed Norton most physically resembled resembled Bruce Banner I, I wish he would have worn glasses you know I mean even though I think the character doesn't really wear glasses as, as much anymore but I, I I'm used to the early version of Bruce Banner where you saw him as a as a bespectacled a bespectacled scientist um uh, but even then even some of the promos the pr- promo photography for um for Ruffalo uh I saw him with glasses on and his eyes were turning green I said why what's going on why why are they doing it doing that for the promo where you okay that even then he looks like Bruce Banner a little bit but going back to what the captain was talking about there's something about his this turnabout for characterization with Ruffalo that's bothersome because we know Bill Bixby. I mean, again, we're talking about the seventies, but that's solemn. I have this incredible burden. This is, this is an, this is a, uh, an, a gamma irradiated albatross literally on my back. You, you, we're not, we're getting, we're getting further and further away from that iteration of the Hulk. Where he's almost able to deal with the, with having this creature inside of him, kind of kind of sort of bothers me. We'll get we'll dig in deeper on Wednesday. The captain also referenced power, power sets. There's a conflict with the Hulk, physical conflict that I was I, I, I was hyped up looking at it, but then I was like, okay, the end result of this doesn't rings a little hollow for me. That I didn't appreciate. Not that he couldn't have been bested, but no, the, the the way we know that character to be, I wasn't comfortable with it. We'll dig in deep on Wednesday. Um, over and above, I must give props to to this film, even though it has its issues. Having grown up reading this comic book, and 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 remembering many of these storylines, many of these arcs. And, you know, going into the physicality of these characters and how their powers work and how their banter is supposed to be. This is a really, and the captain referenced this, this is a vast undertaking. I, I think, he, I think, I'm sorry, actually, uh, uh, Q-Storm went into this. The Russo brothers, you have to give them props because being able to juggle this many personalities, damn near impossible. Um, this is the first film where I felt it really had Star Wars status, right? I could I could see like the Star Wars in the Avengers: Infinity War, which is not an easy thing to do. The CGI was off the chain. There was something that the captain saw after after the program that I did not see. You know, he he's more into into the technical filming of it. Maybe even Q Storm could even speak on this. I just didn't see it. He just he just mentioned one thing. So thankfully, and I defer to him and to even to Q Storm to be able to point out some some stuff. But I thought, by and large, the CGI was was flush for me. For me, I thought it was flush. And for the magnitude again to 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 think about how this stuff jumps off of the print to the celluloid is it's just masterful. I'm sorry. You know, we remember uh you know, 
cosplay for <laughs> in the 70s and 80s, you know, when they were on TV. I mean, to think that that's where the culture comes from. Uh, Nicholas Hammond, who was a child actor from um, – uh, Jesus, my memory. Uh, what am I thinking of from the 1960s? Q, you should remember, remember this. Um, uh, my, my favorite things, that song from this film, from the 60s. Trivia time. My favorite thing, that was Sound of Music, wasn't it? Thank you. The Sound of Music. Nicholas Hammond. Nicholas Hammond was in The Sound of Music? Yeah. Yeah, he was one of he was one of the he was one of the child actors. He's like sixty something now, so time just flies. Ch- uh, time is a horrible thing. Uh, he was a, he was uh, he a child Spider-Man? actor. That's what I'm getting to. He Whoa. played Nicholas Hammond as a child actor in Sound of Music. Was Spider Man in the '70s, the live action version that that I'm referencing. You know, when you see this long ass rope that he swings from. Versus, and this is in the commercial, when you see Tom Holland getting out of the school bus and then just whisking away across, uh, across, across the Hudson River. I'm sorry. That, that, I mean, the undertaking for this stuff to look the way it's supposed to look from the pages to the screen. You cannot, you got to give it up. I mean, that's, half the movie is the look. Um, I thought they were very. I thought they were very shrewd. This is to the folks at Marvel. They know what the f they're doing, because uh, the fact that they moved moved the movie up by a week or a week and a half or whatever, they made it a little bit more of a bookend from all of that shine from from Black Panther. Like I still had a lot of Black Panther uh, shine on me going into this movie. Like I still had. Black Panther dust on me. So I, I, I could feel like the transition from Black Panther tonally, some of it, somewhat of it tonally into uh, the Infinity War. That helps a lot. You know, if they were much further apart in time, I might think differently about Infinity War. But because the transition really was, it was like a month and a half or two, less than two months, I was I was on board. I was on board. So uh, we'll dig in deep. I have a lot more to say. We have a lot of calls. I want to hear from everyone on this thing. I might give it like a seven or an eight. I might give it a seven or an eight at, at the very least because the juggling of personalities uh, and something else too. I, I was very mindful of when we first saw Iron Man one. Iron Man 1 is the gold standard because of the type of character that he is. Iron Man is is grounded in a kind of tangible reality. He is. I'm looking at YouTube clips now where people are making their own. This is what what we do as geeks and nerds and blurs. You got got jokers that are are flying around in their own Iron Man costumes. I kid you not. You got a few cats that are getting real close. Because that's the way the mind works, to have, you know, uh, literally many jet propulsion uh, gears, you know, where they have the costuming, they have the gears on their feet, the engines on their feet, many, many jet propulsion 
uh, engines on their on their feet and on their hands, which gives them flight. So they're gonna, they're trying to make they're trying to make this thing happen in real time. This is what why this stuff is dangerous. What Wakanda can be done in real time because people will will it so. So what am I getting at? Because of because uh, Iron Man was 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 connected to some kind of reality, you got to go from Iron Man to a talking raccoon. You got to go from Iron Man to an anthropomorphic tree. So when all that stuff was, and I thought about that back then. So all of that stuff is like we're, we're ten years later, and all these characters, some of them weird as f, are able to. Seamlessly, like I've, I'm already built into this a uh, reality. You know, we, we're built in. We, we want to wonder how does Thor, how does how does Asgard work its way in into this stuff? You have, to re, you have to remember what it was like ten years ago when you're trying to introduce some of these characters where they have to interconnect and interconnect interconnect in a way where they're comfortable. So we've already accepted Thor. Absolutely. <laughs> Where'd you go, man? See? See? Affleur, when you being too much of a Marvel fanboy, what happened? Where'd you go? You're not a, you're not here, Affleur. All right, let's go to 917. Let me hear what you say. We're going to bring you in. On? 917, can you yep. hear me? I can hear you. Can you hear me? Now I can't hear. Hello? Can you hear me? I can hear yeah, you. Yeah, I hear you. All right. All right. We can hear you, Cap. Okay. All right. 917, tell me where you're calling from. From New York City. Okay. Go ahead. Give us your opinion on uh, Infinity War. Keep it. Try to keep it spoiler-free. <laughs> I, I will try. I feel like I need to hang up and call back Wednesday. But least favorite of all the Avengers, I cannot believe anyone really enjoyed this movie. I did not like it at all. And my bar is low for Marvel movies. I don't, I'm like, yep, it's Marvel. I'm just going to eat my pop and enjoy. But I thought the fight scenes were terrible. I I'm that person. Wow. To fight wow. Me. I'm like, can you guys hear me? Can, can you guys hear me? I hear you now, Affleck. Okay, sorry about that. Sorry about that. I got nine one seven. Sorry to interrupt. Sorry to interrupt. Continue. Continue. Continue nine one seven. I'm glad you're back. But I I thought the fight scenes were horrible. I could and I'm trying to keep it spoiler free, but I'll just say there was a three on one that. I was like, these are probably three of your best hand-to-hand combat martial artists in the franchise. And it was crap. It was complete crap. I was like, what? (laughs) It was, you know, two seconds, of course, because they packed too much into this movie. And the comment was made earlier that it's nearly impossible to balance all these personalities. I think this movie proved it's impossible. They didn't do it. It wasn't good. I just, and I'm a fan. I'm a deep, deep fan. And I was just so let down. I have never, ever had this reaction to a Marvel movie, ever. And I hated most of the Hulk movies. <laughs> this is bad. I do have to say, though, I agree 
and I didn't really notice this, which is a good thing. The CGI was excellent because normally I always notice it, and I'm always like, okay, we were watching a live action, and now we're in a cartoon, and now we're back. So I did not have that feeling in this movie, um, and I'm glad of that. I'm glad they're getting better at it because they didn't do a great job of it in Black Panther. But, um, you know, I was so let down, and as I have said repeatedly, I knew they were overselling Wakanda in the previews. I just, I, I was like, I just have a feeling this is, you know, let's ride the hype wave. But, you know, I don't want to spoil anything, but okay, you saw the previews, you saw it. <laughs> that's a, that's an interesting comment. That's interesting. That's good. So that's why we do this, Afro-Nerds. We got to get different opinions. And the same, a lot of times, black community doesn't like different opinions. <laughs> so that's good. That's good. I, I hear you. I, I have to. I you know. Listen, we can we can uh, contour and contrast. I thought the, the the highlight of the movie were were the fight scenes. I didn't have any issues with the fight scenes at all. Maybe uh, the power set, and I, we'll get into that on Wednesday because we don't want to keep it. You know, we want to keep it light, and we don't want to give too much information. But uh, right. I, I don't know what else you could have wanted out of those fight scenes. I mean, <laughs> well, I've seen, I, I mean, I've seen other, like, in, when it comes to lo- down to, like, the Transformers where you really can't see anything, you don't know what's going on. I, I, I was, agree. I was fully sad. I don't, I just don't know what else you, you could want from them based on what I was seeing. I mean, you saw a full, you know, Wakandan army. Uh, I mean, damn. But what did you see them do? What did you see them do? I saw. I don't know. I saw, listen. I I got my eyes lasered a few years back, so I could see everything. I was fine. <laughs> you know. You know. Uh, I, I kind of agree. There's only one thing I could say. One thing I say. Because you had the problem in the second Avengers. Sometimes the action happens too fast, and you can miss something in certain scenes. Not that much this time. In event in the second Avengers, there was a lot of that going on. That's what messed up that movie. You know, for me. But you had some of that going on. So I could see that point. But the, the other stuff, yeah, I don't know about that. <laughs> hey, well, you know, I, I, know I, I, I just want to jump in real quick. I, think, I, I can uh, kind of agree that the, the Wakandan stuff, it, I, I don't think it was bad, but it was probably my least, the least interesting fight scenes for me because it, it mirrored too right. much what I had already seen just a couple months ago in Black Panther. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, oh, well. I had an interesting conversation with another fan, big fan, super fan, that when are we going to see the Wakandan weapons actually do what they are claimed to do, take down That's tanks. what I said to Afro-Nerd. That's something I said to Afro-Nerd. But you have to understand so, I mean, something. I was disappointed there's in one thing with this. There's one thing with this. They didn't know <laughs> that Black Panther movie was going to be such a monster. <laughs> we have to understand that. I didn't know it was such a monster. Okay, Cola, hold on one second. I'm going to keep you on for a few because we got we got a lot of calls coming in. Let's go to 703. 703 to DMV. Welcome to the Grindhouse. Tell us who you are, where you're calling from. I think this is Black Ronin. No, Black Ronin is not here. It's Bison for life. Okay. <laughs> What's up, Don't Bison? All right, Bison. Well, since we're offering the non-spoiler review, um, as a 40-year comic book collector of this, I enjoyed it, but I won't see it again. Um, the highlights for me, believe it or not, was um, Doctor Strange. Uh, 
I thought Dr. Oh, yeah. Strange sort of separated himself in the film. I think a lot of people, I mean, unless you really follow that character, you're like, what is this? But I think he really um, rated himself. But a lot of had to agree with him, Sergio, when he sort of typed in his, or called in his views. I think, um, <clears throat> I think um, Iron Man phoned it in. Um, I think you, I, I think the tech, it looked good, but it was over. I think it was over long. I think that's just a lot to do. That's a lot to ask for, and some people, um, some characters were short shrift. But one thing it gave me um, a promise is that Thanos is my favorite villain. If they can bring Thanos to life, there's hope for Galactus. Oh, man. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know, and I'm praying, I'm praying they can fast track this merger through mm-hmm. because they have to have Silver Surf and Galactus. They have oh, yeah. to. They have to for, for continuity's sake. And the last thing is, you know, not to give it away, I didn't have, you know, reading online, I mean, literally, you know, coming out of the theater, I, I didn't feel none of that because I know I know the story and I know, you know, how this is going to probably play out. So I think a lot of people are sort of, you know, how we are, we're the hive mind, you know, one person says we all got to say it. So I didn't feel that. I think I thought it was a big roller coaster ride. It was a great culmination, but like some callers have said, I think maybe it was a little too much hype. And this is from someone who's seen every film in the theater except Ant-Man. And I will, I, I, unlike, I mean, like, I enjoyed the battle scenes. I thought, oh, okay, I got to be careful with it. Let's just say the earlier fight scene to me was stellar. I mean, well, I just thought know, Dr. Strange, I just thought they, that added something different. And let's, let's, let's be clear about something also. Um, this is probably the first film where I saw Thor really being Thor. Like, when he came on, and there was some, you know, I'm not going to give so much away, but when, you know, he was able to get what he needed to get, and we saw Thor doing Thor-ish, uh, and, then, and then some of the, the characters said, are uh, you, you in for it now? I was like, man, he, he came in, again, talking about, like, you know, like the CGI and like, you know, the, the, the kind of the spectacle of Thor and that whole godhood thing going on. I was like, oh, man, he, you know, again, Bison, we've been reading this book, these books for many, many, many years. And to see some of this stuff jump off of print and for it to be, on, uh, be uh, as a CGI kind of thing, I thought there were aspects of Avengers that to me bested Star Wars based on what kind of just how the Avengers has to be. I mean, they were in space and there was, there were things going on that, cause this is the, this is the first time that we saw Marvel kind of touching into the cosmic, their cosmic line. And what you were talking about with, we, you know, needing to see uh, a silver surfer, needing to see an Adam Warlock. Uh, see, that's another component. There's a, there's a lot of, a lot of um, missing pieces that are incumbent upon this Disney deal to actually you know, come to fruition. And the timing don't of that deal, a, the timing of that deal, mistake I mean, I'm sorry, go ahead. Well, I'm saying the timing of that deal is, should be coming around the time that we see the Avengers. I think the working title is Endgame, but Avengers, let's say Avengers 4. By the time Avengers 4 comes down, 
that deal, hopefully, crossing fingers, may be on its way to completion. If that's the deal, then we're thinking, at the very least, if it's not going to be an in-credit scene or whatever, uh, I'd like to see Fantastic Four. I'd like to see, you know, that whole cosmic line, uh, Nova Corps. We've seen a Nova Corps, but we've got to see a Nova or the important Novas, plural. Uh, just, there's just certain things that have to work. You know, the, the Avengers Infinity War, in some ways, is going to be a problem, and we knew that because we, we're not really seeing the entirety of that, of that story. A lot of that story is, 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 is built on that Disney deal completed, being completed and all that, those other characters that are missing from this story. I don't really have as many complaints. I, I, I'm, kind of, I'm kind of okay with this. Uh, I think also one no. other thing, I'm gonna bring, I want to bring in Sergio. I'm going to let you speak and then let Sergio in. One other thing also is, you know, um, a lot of people, a lot of the reviewers have been kind of like, well, they, they, they didn't like the ending. The ending wasn't satisfactory. That's, that, hey, we said this after, after the movie. Marvel is a victim of its own success. They, they are so successful that the way this thing ended is like, okay, we know that, there's, that you people love money more than anything. There are too many sequels in the tally for, for us to believe anything about this ending. So that, that's just kind of a meta argument. But I'm like, come on now. We, we know what went down ain't really going to go down. Too many sequels coming. So enough said. I'll leave it at that. Uh, Bison, you wanted to say something? My quick thing, I know you got a lot of people in the queue. I would don't make the mistake I made and go with someone who doesn't know anything about it. That's a, don't don't. Do that. <laughs> oh Lord, please don't do that. <laughs> you, 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 you're just gonna bang your head against the seat in front of you. Um, but I know I think I think now transition to phase four. I, I really think, you know, we saw what happened with the end credit scene, so that's coming. So, and I'll stop oh, letting yeah. um, Sergio. But I, I mean, I really agree with a lot of some of the things Sergio said when he. Um, spoke the other last week and I was surprised with that but that was my feeling well listen Sergio's views are important because I mean we know that he's he's a film critic but he's not really into this world so he gave it somewhat somewhat of a moderate review which is you know oh here we go we lost him again (laughs) oh man all right, this is what you know we're that, going to do. That's, that's Thanos doing. <laughs> yeah, that's Thanos. Yeah, we're going to bring Sergio in. Sergio, we're about to bring you in, all right? I'm just bring you in and you just let it rip. Okay, Sergio, am I can in? You can me? you hear me? Yes, I hear you. All right. Okay. We're waiting to get after um, back, but you could talk. Try to right. Go if the, if the, if the woman is still on, is she still there? Um, yes, she is. In terms of the black – in terms of the – the Black Panther stuff in in uh, in uh, in uh, Affinity War, they started shooting Affinity War right after they had wrapped up production on Black Panther and in post production. So they really had no idea what a commercial and cu- cultural phenomenon that film was going to become. Believe me, if they had, Black Panther would have been <laughs> in that movie front and center. You know, uh, they they wouldn't put that stuff in at the end, which I thought was perfunctory. And on top of that, it still smells to me like a rewrite. Like, during shooting, they said, oh, my God, Black Panther's really making money. Quick, you know what, let's change the big battle scene to Wakanda. (laughs) 
you know, it's something like that, right? Absolutely. Um, Am I still on? Yeah, that's what what I figured would happen. But here's also the interesting thing is that, of course, it it broke. It's the biggest growth scene. It had the biggest opening of any movie ever. Okay, I guess you brought that up. Um, but, but Black Panther went up this weekend. Last week, it was in eighth place. This weekend, it went up to fifth place. Wow. Now, that's interesting, because what that says to me was that, A, uh, a lot of people went to see Black Panther, maybe because he couldn't get tickets for Infinity War. Number two, people wanted, or I think a lot of people saw Infinity War, were disappointed, wanted more Black Panther, so they went and saw the movie again. That's crazy. <laughs> wow. To get their to get their Black Panther fix. Um, yeah. I you know I don't know how the film is going to do. I, what I mean by that is that will this become? Will this film beat Black Panther at the box office? Totally. It, it possibly would. I'm not sure yet. It depend. What it really depends on is the the week the the, the following week drop off. Uh, if it's like fifty five, sixty percent, then it's not going to do it, because Black Panther never dropped below. I don't think it ever dropped below forty percent every week. It just. I mean, like I said, it's it's still in the top ten. It's been in the top ten now for thirteen weeks. 13 weeks straight in a row. The last movie that has done that, that did that, was Zootopia. So, um, Black Panther is just going to keep going and going and going. And will Infinity War catch up with it? I think it will, but we'll have to see. In terms of the movie, I said what I said Wednesday. You know, it's it's okay. Right, I'm not the guy for it. You know, uh, someone had to explain to me the little thing at the end. You know, in the in the final credits. Oh yeah. I, I mean yeah. the um, in in the, the uh, you know the yeah. after credit sequence. Right. The little clue that was there right. that I didn't know what it was. No, no we knew uh, that one. <laughs> yeah. Well, I didn't, and someone had explained mm-hmm. it to me because mm-hmm. when I saw it at the show, the audience went no, and I said, okay, what am I missing? Okay, what was that? Okay. Someone explain it to me. Um, it's okay. You know, it's you know, it's it's too much, and I, and I just found it mainly forgettable. You know, it's it's entertaining when you watch it. I I did wow. I admit I did check my watch a couple times to see how how longer I had to wait to see it. You know, how much longer I had to sit through it. Um, but you know, in the end, I'm like, I'm maybe not the audience for it. Yet I'm really anxious to see Deadpool two. Yeah, a lot of people you know? spoke about that. That was that yeah, was that's that was my vibe. R rated. It's R rated. It's got Zazzy Beats. It's you know, there's more in that movie in there that I said, yeah. Brolin's in that I too. Josh Brolin Josh Brolin's doing double duty in that too. He's getting well, he's doing triple duty because he's also in Sicario this summer, the Sicario oh, yeah. sequel. He's got three movies. He's the busiest actor in Hollywood right now. No, nah, I think Dwayne Johnson is still pulling that card. <laughs> that could be true too. Dwayne Johnson has a movie coming out this summer, right? He's had three in the uh, last what six months. Well, he's done nine in the last. He's done nine movies in the last six years, something like that. 
Well, you know something Which is that, like, that I got. It, oh, he's back. You know, so, well, you, yeah, I'm back. Thanks. <laughs> okay. I'm getting knocked. I'm getting knocked off for some reason. But anyway, um, I, I got to say this: the, the only thing about Avengers that I guess uh, is that issue is that because Black Panther had so much going for it, you know, it, it, it was a, it was just a deeper movie. It had a lot of social political context. A lot of cultural content. I mean, it was a lot of stuff that was brought with it. And again, it, it has a lot to do with what it means to be a black person. Once you get that shot, you know, you might only get one shot. You get one shot, you got to come. You got to come with it all. That's part of the black experience. You you can't just come in and and kind of come in with like a, a, a as a lightweight. So um, a Coogler did the black thing. And he brought all this, all this political context, all this culture, um, and I, I don't know if. Wow. Wow, he, he disappeared <laughs> oh. again. What's going on? Yeah, what's going on, man? That's that battle. Hey. That's that battle, hey, Cap. Cap, Sir, Captain Sergio, yeah. I got a question for you. <clears throat> Since he brought up Kugler, I, and this is my hashtag starting ish segment. Um, so you look at the Russo yeah. brothers, right? They started off, they directed Winter Soldier, they knocked it out of the park. Uh-huh. So then they gave them Captain America, the, the the next Captain America movie, right? They knocked it out yeah. of the park. Kugler directed Black Panther. Uh-huh. He knocked it out of the park. Yeah. Should we expect that anytime soon Marvel would give him uh, a move, uh, one of their movies that doesn't involve the Black Panther? I don't know. It was. It, we don't know. It's possible. I mean, I just, I just tweeted you guys that um, Asante, uh, the black female director, um, right? They're trying. They're trying to get her to direct, or she's up to direct um, the Black Widow. A black, a black widow. You know. Oh, that's nice. That's good. Uh, well, but my, my point is, I don't want Ryan Coogler to be considered. I don't want Ryan Coogler to be considered. Well, he's the Black director, when we do Black Panther 2, 3, and 4, give him a call. Other than that, he can sit on the, the, the far well, side well, of the what bench. I, what I think is important, though, I think is important, what, what's that issue, what I was saying before I got cut off, is I don't know if Marvel is perceptive, perceptive enough to say, hey, we need to put a little bit more soul. I ain't talking about just black stuff. I'm talking about just soul in these movies that will create repeat business. There's something about Black Panther that makes it so compelling that it's not it goes beyond just being a popcorn comic book superhero movie. It 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 hit a lot of beats where someone who has no interest in comic books can get into this thing. The Oracle, my dad is asking questions about Black Panther like when is Black Panther going to come on on DVD because I really I really want to see that movie. He is aware and other people are aware that aren't in this world. Listen, I'm going to love Avengers Infinity War regardless because I'm into what it looks like. If it has soul connected to it, that's good. But it would be nice if Marvel was like, hey, we need to get a, a, a kind of a movies that kind of can hold the audience's attention longer than a week. And I think Sergio is, is on to something because, listen, it's going to make a billion dollars. It's already $630 million already. It's going yeah. to be a billion dollar movie. That's a, that's not even a doubt. But for it's people, it's a billion dollars like, next week. It, it, so it'll hit people, a billion dollars next week. 
So for people to want to see this movie over and over and over again, I don't know if Avengers got has that. And that's what people really want. You don't know what has that? I don't know if Avengers Infinity War has repeat no, business. I don't no, know if it, it, it has doesn't. That. No, I disagree. I disagree. No, it doesn't. I That's disagree. what I said. Let's let's see next week what the box office drop off is because it will drop off. And you're right; they were really smart to move up the film a week, not because of Black Panther, but they wanted to keep more distance away from Deadpool and Solo, which come out in May. See, so, guys, so I, they I have just, the next they have the next two three weeks all by themselves. I disagree that people aren't going to go see Infinity War over and over again. I'm going to go see it next weekend. I mean, one, part of my criticism of the film, is it's, it's epic in nature. It's like they try to put so much in it. it. It wants so much to be an epic that they kind of overblow it. So there's a lot of stuff that you miss. I could completely see people saying, geez, i got to go see that again because I'm sure I missed a lot. And, and I, I, I think that's what you're going to see. I, I, I believe it's going to be number one the next two weekends, easy. Of course it's going to be number one. It's so big. Of course it's going to be number one. Well, I, mean, that, I think that's because of repeat, view, gonna... repeat viewings. Well, well, well you know, I don't know. Does, does, does that film have? Does that film have the gotta see it now feel like Black nope. Panther has? I don't think nope. it has. Exactly. I was, as I said to Afro Nerd as we was coming out of the theater, I said the geek and nerd will go see this again because they no. will dissect it. But general audience. It didn't have that oomph. To me, it seemed right. very shallow. That's why I said in the beginning. It's a shallow, action-packed movie. Black Panther was that drug, baby. That drug. I mean, I mean, look, do, do you have people dressing up like their favorite Marvel characters to go see Affinity for? No. no you got to see sure have people dressing up to see Black Panther. I don't yeah, know if that's, that's true, Sergio. Yeah, no. Nah, I mean, I didn't see any in my theater, but that doesn't mean it didn't have one. I mean, when I saw Winter Soldier and Civil War, yeah, they dressed up as Captain America and Falcon and uh, Widow. Black Panther was unique because it really was a black cultural event. It made black no, people but, really feel it made black people no, feel no, good but, about themselves. It's just it's just a different. No, but that, kind of but that was the geeks who were dressing up like that. I'm no, talking about no. just ordinary people, ordinary people who go to movies who are not into comic books or anything. They were dressing up to go see Black Panther. Well, that's what I'm getting. Well, what do you call that's, that's what I mean. That's what I mean. Black Panther hit different beats. It was a more of a, it was more of a cultural black event. Avengers is just a pop culture event. It's not. It's not. It's not going to resonate the same way as it did for people of color. And also, you know, the fact that you you finally hear the African voice. I mean, I I was always curious about well, what's it like for a, an African moviegoer. Now we we saw people pulling out the red carpet. In Zimbabwe, I mean, I mean, really, I mean, it's, it's a whole different situation. You know, I'm heard, I'm hearing people from these different African countries saying, "Oh, they were really talking about Ethiopia. Ethiopia is really Wakanda." I mean, I mean, it made me laugh because it made me laugh because I'm like, well, that, that's what you want. The African and the African American are actually having a conversation. Black Panther is going to stand. People are going to study this in film school. Black Panther. For all of the ish connected to it, and all the kind of subtext with 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 Black Panther, Avengers is a, it's not that kind of movie. 
Yeah, not. I mean, we got we 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 got WakandaCon coming up here in August. Exactly. Right. I don't see any Infinity War Con or uh, uh, Avengers Con coming but, up uh, anywhere. Well, well, well they're different. It's, hey, listen, uh, Avengers Avengers Infinity War is is just a Marvel product. I mean, it's 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 going to make its money, but it's not going to resonate the way Black Panther did. Black Panther was, and plus, mm. the, it took so long. For, Black, for a Black Panther to come into being. It was a whole different process because it, it dealt with a disenfranchised group being represented. It's just way too much political, sociopolitical context to a movie where, where it's, supposed to be a, it's supposed to be a popcorn comic book movie, and Black Panther just wasn't that. Killmonger, right. the African-American voice, the African voice, colonialism, uh, racism, uh, Afro, Afrofuturism. I mean, it's too much stuff going on. Way too, it's too heavy. It's too heavy. Avengers ain't going to be that heavy, man. <laughs> it's you know, but where 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 the Avengers will beat Black Panther, of course, is in China. I mean, already the film has outgrossed the Black Panther in China, but we could see that coming. Well, the lighting um, is a little better in China, Chinese theaters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> wow. Not so, Damn. Not so dark. Not so dark. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> I hope it's not the I'll, I'll let you guys talk on. I'm, I'll leave I, now. You uh, you t- talk among yourselves and you bring in other callers. Good, good, good evening, folks. <laughs> All right. All right. All right, sir. Appreciate it. Um, yeah, I mean, listen, I, I think that uh, the Avengers Infinity War, that there's a way, and we're going to go to a group real quick and we'll come back and we'll, there's a lot more to discuss. Uh, I want to actually open up to <laughs> to Bill Cosby, believe it or not. We got to talk about that for like a minute. Um, there's, there's a way that Avengers: Infinity War could have been a little bit heavier, and for whatever reason, they didn't go there. They made Thanos. I will I will give credit where credit is due. Thanos in the comic books is a little he's a little textbook in some ways. Um. They they made him a little deeper and deeper for the cinema that he was kind of concerned about the environment. It was more about kind of an eco terrorism angle, somewhat. But the fact that we, but the fact that he's not literally in love with death, the the physical embodiment of death, is a metaphysical phenomenon that has always been interesting to me when you read that story. We didn't see that in this version of the Avengers. I think. They could have still had the same storyline, but they should have interjected a physical representation of death. I think that might have been a little bit more interesting. There's ways they could have interjected a little bit more depth into Infinity War, but again, Infinity War might as well well be Phantom Menace. I hate to put it that way. I love Infinity War, but I mean, that's kind of the angle. I mean, it's just a feast for the eyes. It's only so deep it's going to be. I mean, agree or disagree, Cap, Q, You're a Marvel fanboy today. That's all, that's all what you are. Whatever Marvel does is, is just great with you. You, you understand? No, let me, I didn't let me, say let me, that. Let me, let me make a promise. I didn't, say, no, Q, I didn't really say Q that. Q wasn't blown away, all right? I wasn't blown away, you understand? And also, Sergio wasn't blown away. Ask yourself why. There's something, there's something that's self-similarity. You understand? No, but listen, you're not three. giving me credit. You're not giving me <laughs> credit. I, 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 I'm pretty sure that, that Q-Storm probably looked at me like, like with a side eye when I said it's like Phantom Menace. 
Phantom Menace is not Citizen Kane. But it, so when I say Avengers, uh, so let's let's keep it 100. I'm being pretty consistent. Yeah, uh, I tip over a little bit into fanboy status because I like I like the visuals. I thought the visuals were straight from the comic book. For it to be as sophisticated as it was, as it is a technological marvel. Again, thinking about you know goofy people, uh, uh, Nicholas Hammond swinging from a rope in 1977. It's it's a little different. So I, I got to go from there. But I'm also not that much of a fanboy to sit here and say, well, after getting some of that, after after uh, biting into that or ingesting some of that uh, heart shaped herb a month and a half ago, I have to I have to admit. It is no Black Panther, so I, I, I'm, I'm not an idiot. It's, it, Black Panther is a deep movie. If Avengers: Infinity War was a deeper movie with all of this stuff, man, it, it'll be a whole. It's all not right. going to stick with me the way Black Panther did. I'm gonna give you some juice now. What about DC? <laughs> oh come on! I put the battery in his pack now. It is back. Go ahead. Well, well okay. Look, you know, I know you give me. You always look at. You you always look at me because I always bring up DC because there's this belief that we're just Marvel fanboys. I uh, especially Daryl, many of our listeners, I don't have that whole thing. Listen, I am an Image fanboy. I am a uh, a timely timely comics, uh, whatever National Comics, whatever uh, Milestone Media certainly fanboy. I don't I don't I don't get down like that. I like comic. I like the genre. But after having seen. The CGI work, the CGI work, I mean, all this kind of mastery, the way Thanos is walking around, the way he's walking around as a, as a believable entity versus, um, Jesus, what was the, the, the villain in Justice League? Um, Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf. I mean, come on. Like even the CGI wasn't that supposed to be a four hundred dollar four hundred dollar maybe I, maybe I, a Freudian slip wasn't that wasn't that a, a four hundred million dollar movie too like what is what is the WB spending their money on because okay Superman, Superman flying around I mean there's certain things that were okay but even comparatively to me DC even looks like a cheap, cheaper goddamn movie they just go. don't, I mean they they don't they don't their refusal to embrace the essence of their characters is everything. I mean, there's no coming back from this. Even if I even if I like it Infinity War, and I say this thinly, liken it thinly to Phantom Menace. Okay, if I'm gonna do that, still they are light years behind. And coming anywhere near like this whole thing about just slapping things up against the wall. We're gonna do a Batgirl movie. We're you know we're we're gonna do we're we're, we're gonna do Joker meets Mean Streets, 1980. I mean all of this effery, like just everything up. Uh, just, it doesn't matter. We don't care what it is. This this is why you lose. Put together this a goddamn was movie. Brought to you by Disney um, shareholders. Oh come uh, on! Man. Stop it! Stop! He's right. Come on, guys. He's right. He's right. He's right. Let's wait. Let's he's wait. Right, until but... Aquaman comes out. Let's you, wait. Being Aquaman. a fanboy. Aquaman. Oh come on! <laughs> well, you know what? No, I'm looking you know at the, the director. You know what? The director. Yes. You, you know what? This because just to be ironic, it might. It, I would. You know something? I'm gonna make a prediction. 
You can hold it to me. Yeah. Aquaman might do it because of the ironic nature of it. Aquaman being the low-rate character that he has been perceived for the last 80 years. I think um, uh, Arthur Curry came out in 1940. Uh, Submariner uh, Sub actually predates Aquaman. Most people think it's the other way around. Submariner was the first aquatic superhero. And then a year and a half later, we had Aquaman. But Aquaman, we remember him from the Super Friends riding on seahorses. You know, just a, <laughs> so, there we go. So, so for for the for the irony alone, if it takes Aquaman, a, a character that has been so lambasted and so milk toast for again almost eighty years, it might make sense as far as how the universe works that it might take Aquaman, a character that you've always kind of like how Black Panther works. Black Panther. Work was a character that people that, that Marvel Marvel Studios avoided. You know, uh, uh, Asgard was more realistic than a, than an, a- an African country when Africa actually exists. So the ir- the irony is is that Black Panther turns out to be the most successful North American comic book movie ever. Marvel, DC, whatever, a black movie. That's the ironic. When, when dark skinned black folks, uh, I have to go to the colorism thing. That's not my deal. But I know certain Negroes like to hear, yes, dark-skinned blackie. Dark-skinned black folks, <laughs> dark-skinned black folks brought it home when they didn't think it was possible. So for a man, again, a Pacific Islander, no less, we got to go there too. Uh, the, the blonde-haired Nazi poster boy, that look on that look on a, a on a on a, 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 a big size or a, a, I don't know. A full scale, a full scale um, seahorse. If the, if that character has balls today, it might work. It might, Aquaman might be what it takes, just because for iron for the irony of it of it all. So uh, let's say, they say the it might happen. Good. It has to be. Well it better done. be. Well, you got a minority. You got a you got an Asian you got an Asian director, and. When people of color are pushed to the wall, he's subject to a similar situation. They don't want to have, they don't want his behind there either. So he's going to show and prove because he has to. He has to. Can I just say this? I don't know that any Entourage fans here. When Entourage was popular in the last uh, fifteen years, oh, that's true. But it was a comedy, and they had a, a story arc where Vince wanted to play, wanted to get a superhero role, and in this comedy. Which character did they decide would be the best for the comedy of the show? Aquaman. <laughs> That's all I got to say. So what are you trying to say? You say you trying to say the movie's not going to do well? We lost half on it again. As you trying to say? I, I, listen, I, I think Aquaman. Just just my opinion. Namor bosses Aquaman all day, every day. Aquaman just comes off as silly to me. And they've tried to beef him up in, in the books, and they they cast this Jason Momoa who plays Aquaman more like a roadhouse type of figure, and it just doesn't it doesn't work for me. And I no, I don't think it's gonna work. I, I honestly don't think it's gonna work. I agree with Aquaman. Well, I think the movie's gonna do well. You understand? Well, well look, not gonna, again, not say Avengers numbers. If they just tone do down well. the bro man part of it, I think it it, it work very well. 
That's well, look, you got. I, I, I don't care. Yeah, I think so. As you I said, you. as you said, you got James Wan, who is the director of color, doing this. You got uh, a Pacific Islander and Jason Momoa, right? You got uh, Nicole Kidman, Willem Dafoe. Willem Dafoe was a beast. Um, you got the gentleman. Uh, what's his name? What's that guy's name? Um, I forgot his name, but he was in. Um, uh, he's, the, he's the one that's going to play Black Manta. So. Uh, from the get there, from the get down. So, um, I think his name is uh, Yahya, Yahya, Yahya Abdul Mateen from the get down, and he was think he was in uh, Baywatch also, and he was also in The Greatest Showman. So he kind of he's kind of making the rounds, his brother. So if he brings the heat, and again you got uh you got a villain, you got a villain of color. If he kind of you know does it the way it's supposed to be done. And maybe he puts a little black ish in there. It might tip the scales. I didn't think about this before. Aquaman might be the might be the movie that turns this thing around. And it's going to be again a person of color who doesn't normally when people like like us don't get second chances. He might have to bring it home. I, I'm gonna say it. He's a person of color, kind of like Meghan Markle's a person of color. Let's just keep it real. Keep it real. Keep it real. You talking about James? You talking about James Wan? No, I'm talking about uh, Momoa. There we go. I knew it was coming. Uh, but look, man, listen. I hear you. What you saying? Uh, we're gonna talk about this Wednesday. But you saw that there's a, there was a brother hanging from a bridge in Atlanta. Uh, you're you making the difference? There's a it's a difference without a distinction. I don't know if we in, I don't know if we in the place start doing this this color cast system. When it looks like the the the, the uh, face of the beast has shown himself, I'm telling you 100 now. You can talk about somebody being a little darker than the next man. I don't know if that's going to work because when M- uh, Meghan Markle first came on the scene, one of the royals showed her horns, and she she if you I forgot this royal's name, but she was in New York one time, Captain. Where she said some slick ish about the colon, the uh, the colonists, she said something something very racist while she was here, and just coincidentally, she wore this pin of of like a, a some kind of black face pin at the point where Meghan Markle showed herself. So the racists aren't really getting down the way you're getting down. You're giving fifty percent coupons. Racists don't give fifty percent coupons. Q. Keep it one hundred with you. Well. I don't completely get the metaphor, but okay. Fifty percent coupon meaning that uh, I always run this joke with folks that I know to be uh, uh, multiracial. That uh, when the cops see, or, or someone who's not black but is a person of color, if if I'm in a in a police back of a police car, or I'm in a, a car with a Hispanic friend or an Asian friend, don't think that's not, and a racist cop sees all three of us. They're not going to say to my Hispanic friend, oh, I can let you go. Or, or because you're not quite black enough, I'm going to give you a 50% discount. I'm going to give you a 50% coupon. doesn't work that way. Barack Obama did not get a 50% coupon. Because when they were, when they were going into Pennsylvania, when some of his acolytes were going to Pennsylvania to, to, to get his votes, to get him votes, uh, to solicit himself, uh, they would say things like, well, you know, his mother is, is white. And they said, I don't care. Still into me. They made that very clear. <laughs> yep. 
this is only a game that black folks play. Black folks play this this silly uh, uh, racial play, PlayStation Four game when it comes to race. White people, white races are very clear about there's white and then there's non-white. That's it. They don't go there. Jewish people fall under under that under that umbrella as well. By the way, they're not playing. That's for sure. I mean, I can tell you. I'll say this real quick, and then we will go to a, to a uh, break. I said this uh, on air. I don't know months ago. I well, actually when when Trump first got elected uh, in business at the corporates, I had a conversation with a Jewish client, a client of Jewish descent, on business matters, and he broke the fourth wall. I don't think he was aware of my ethnicity. Maybe he was. But he had said he was just like he had a, he had like a breakdown in the middle of the conversation, and he's saying to me, "I can't believe this happened." I said, "What are you talking about?" He says, "I have I have Jewish friends. My friends." I said, "I said I told them, why are you happy about Trump? Don't you realize you're Jewish?" He said, "The pogroms are coming." He said, "I, I said I I don't know what to do." He this is a Jewish man, phenotypically white. And he he says, I don't I don't know what to do. I'm scared. I said some some Jewish people don't get it. He said this he said this is not this is not the guy. So we're in trouble. So if you got a white Jewish person shaking quaking in his boots, you can forget about well you know he's making Markle. No, <laughs> uh, no, the face of the devil is showing his horns. I, I'll leave it at that. This is more for a Wednesday show. I'm keeping it 100. You know, I'm rooting for James Wan, and I'm rooting for J- Jason Momoa, and I'm rooting for the brother that's playing Black Manta. I think it's going to work. I'm going to see it. I'm, my expectations are so low. Usually, what what I really like go to see a movie, and I really could care too le- could care less about it. That's what I'm thinking. It might actually do something. I really don't care about Aquaman, but I'm going to support it anyway. I might be. I hope I'm pleasantly surprised. I'll say that much. Yeah, you don't care about Aquaman because you're a Marvel fanboy. <laughs> no, that's not what it is. That's, no, that's not, that's not. No, listen. Come on, man. We, we, we were. Listen, as early as. You just told You don't care. Come on. I don't, no, I don't care about Aquaman. I don't care about Aquaman because the, the lead in, the lead ends, plural, sucked. You, the, okay. you right. myself. And the inner sanctum were were what five o'clock in the morning to see Justice League. That don't sound like a Marvel mm-hmm. fanboy. Justice well, League. I got your back. You you've all you said very consistently that your introduction into comic books was the Flash. So, Cap, leave him alone, Cap. Dang, come on. No, nah, but you see, you you gotta understand. It depends how the wind blow with Afro Nerd. You understand? That's that's something you gotta pay attention to. Wow! I tried, D-Bert. <laughs> Listen, he wants to be that's your man. man. That's your he man right there. there. Uh, look, I'm going to put it like this. I saw a funeral march a few years ago, and it was called Black Batman versus Superman. That's what it was. We looked at each other like, "What the hell did we see?" That's true. Okay, so it wasn't like we that's didn't true. give the DC world a chance. Hell, I even said, "Okay." Maybe Justice League is going to bring it home. And actually, when we saw Justice League, we were like, you know what? It wasn't that bad. So we were still trying. We were still hoping they were going to get this thing, that they were going to correct the ship. 
and they just didn't. They just did. It is what it is. Can I ask a quick question just for my edification? Sure. If you guys saw it on IMAX or whatever, what's the prices for a movie in New York now? Man, if it's a uh, um, if it's 3D, was it, uh, it Kirk, like eighteen yet? bucks? It's like eighteen dollars. It could be eighteen to twenty-one, depending. You know, if it's it ain't 3D. cheap. Yeah, I don't know for IMAX. I haven't went to IMAX in a long time. That sounds about right. I think down here in Pennsylvania, Delaware, is about eighteen to twenty bucks for IMAX. And they'll run yeah, some slick. I, I, they'll run some slick business on you when they start to sneak in these double features. When they'll give you like two or three Marvel lead-ins for the real Uber geeks. If you go in there on a Thursday, they might put put on like two Marvel movies preceding the main event. That's like a forty-five dollar affair. They got. Yep. They're they about the money. It's money and Thanos and Galactus. That's what you got to I mean, fight. it's getting to the point. It's getting to the point. It's getting to a point. Look, I love Marvel. But I ain't paying twenty five dollars to see nobody. You know, I just seem like these prices have been creeping up in the last two years. And yep. I wonder if it's attributed to these budgets for these films. But it seems like the nationwide thing. I mean, it's just not a the L A or New York thing. I just wanted some clarification to see how much of these these tickets were. Well, look, we we mentioned we mentioned the whole possibility that Netflix might have their own theater franchise to see Netflix ish. I was kind of behind that, but that's another cost that might be lingering around if they actually are successful. They try to buy uh, the the Mark Cuban franchise, a theater franchise, unsuccessfully. I think they wanted too much money, uh, Mark Cuban's people. But it goes to show you that they were trying desperately to try to enter that world to have a small franchise, you know, uh, franchise business. I don't know how that would work. You know, I don't know, uh, you know, how many films would be available that are Netflix films that would be shown at those kind of theaters. But I will, I said it a few weeks ago, I thought that with some of that stuff in the back of my mind, I really kind of would want to see, I, I really would, would have wanted to see Lost in Space in some kind of way in a theater because I, I, was pretty, I was impressed with how it looked. The robot, not so much at some point, but I thought the rest of it was getting was was impressive. Imagine Star Trek Discovery uh, in, in some kind of. I mean, it wouldn't be a Netflix theater because that's that's CBS All Access. But hey, you never know what's going to happen with these people. Did, did you know the creator of Movie Pass was black? The founder of Movie Pass. That I did not know. Didn't know that one. It seemed like the it seemed like the industry is pushing back hard on. Right now, but I know some people live and die by that thing now. They, but you know, they tweaking like every other week. It was once a day. Now it's like four or five times a month. Up, look it up. I'm, I'm not making this up. Well, you know, I saw the link, and I saw a black man like at, you know the picture of this black man at the link. I didn't put two. I didn't go into it, but I didn't put two and two together. But I thought it was you know interesting. But it was a black man, so I guess and I don't. I don't disagree with what you're saying. I gotta look into it further. I mean, listen, there's a lot of stuff that black people are doing. That we don't we don't know. There's a lot of ingenuity going on. All right, gentlemen, let's go to a quick groove, take a break, and we come back. I think we I think we need to do this. I think we're gonna cut it cut the Avengers talk because we got Wednesday and then Daryl with his animated self, he's going to go in. Um, I'm gonna give you gentlemen a, uh, and our rest of our listeners a break because we're gonna talk about Cosby. <laughs> Doctor William H. Doctor William H. Cosby, we're gonna get it in for a few minutes. I don't want to go so heavy. So uh, hard body karate, but we must address it. Um, Anyway, let us see. 
them changes. About two minutes. We'll be right back. Let's groove. I really didn't want to pull out the phaser, but I know the time constraints. Once again, the great let it see. Them changes. Classic rock. Uh, people, we're back. We just got from uh, discussing Avengers. We could probably do the whole show with this Avengers deal, but we do have more to discuss, more to unpack. And, of course, uh, there's always Wednesday with the ever-animated Daryl B. So um, let me bring back Q Storm in, in this. I'm pretty sure he may have uh, a few things to say about this tragedy. Uh, I think it is a tragedy, and it's it's very um, – what can I say? It, it, it's interesting for what we've done here at AfroNerd, and I will be very candid that when we first started this AfroNerd business, this AfroNerd machine, that uh, if you listen to some of the old shows, I mentioned Dr. Cosby like every other word. Every other sentence was Dr. Cosby this, Dr. Cosby that. So th- this is terrible. 
<laughs> this is terrible for the brand. And I think once those charges started coming on, I was like, okay, I didn't really reference uh, Cosby too much. Because I just did not want to believe that this, this kind of heinous thing was going on with this person. Um, well, listen, we heard it last week. I didn't necessarily think that this was going to happen quite this way because the first case – and just to kind of backtrack a bit, I mean, I'm pretty sure that the listening audience should know by now that Dr. Cosby for the last couple of years has been, quote unquote, as they say on the streets, hemmed up with these charges of sexual misconduct with a nation of women. <laughs> it's not even one or two. It's like dozens upon dozens upon dozens. And uh, these allegations have been lingering with Cosby for quite some time. And many of them were dismissed uh, over the years. So no one really thought they were, you know, we thought they were just, you know, hangers on, just trying to get money from a celebrity. And we have seen that before. We have seen that kind of thing. But this just would not go away. So the first case brought, brought against Cosby, um, I, don't even rec- don't, I don't even recollect the, 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 the plaintiff, but um, she... It was it was a mistrial. I think it was Constad was her name. Const, Diane Constad. Well, look, I wasn't trying to <laughs> for, for for my own psychological reasons. I I just don't want to. I I hate to talk about this. Thank you, but I mean, thank you for the for the I'm information. Sorry. <laughs> you know. We're a formative network. That's all. Oh yes. Well, she uh, the first case was um, as I said, it was a mistrial. And oftentimes a mistrial is kind of sort of a good look or it could be a precursor for things to come. So I think many people thought that, well, you know, if the first case was a mistrial, this thing could have been, could have been settled uh, out of court or it could have – if there was going to be another case, it probably would just wither away. I didn't, I didn't expect that we would actually get a guilty verdict against someone so huge a star and guilty on three counts. So, I mean, again, for the last couple of years, he's been, you know, all these deletions to this gentleman's hard work. You know, we, we've seen honorary degrees being taken back and just all kinds of just, it just, it's, it's crazy. It is crazy. So I, I have more to say, you know, um, uh, a term that we've used quite a bit on our show, the term respectability politics rears its head. With Cosby, and I'm seeing some articles going into the conversation that I have been leading into um, quite for quite some time. That from the Washington Post, someone tweeted this this article to me, and it says here it's, it's simply entitled, and this is from Erica, uh, not Erica, but Erica, Erica Coleman. It's entitled "Bill Cosby Played Respectability Politics." It blew up in his face. I'll get to that. I'll get to that. I'm going to put the link in our chat room. So I'm going to go around the horn, uh, around the Wakandan horn <laughs> of Africa, and see what our, what my co-discussants have to say about this Cosby deal. Um, let's go to the captain, and we'll go to the Q-Storm and so forth. Well, it was a 70s show. I believe it was in the 70s, if I can still remember back that far. I think it was called Beretta. They used to have an opening song that would say, don't do the crime if you can't do the time. Now, there was rumors about Cosby for a very long time, very, very, very long time, you know, 
very long time. I'll reiterate that again. Don't do the crime if you can't do the time. All right? As far as that's concerned. Allegedly and theoretically. All right? Now, as far as the respectability politics thing, let me tell you something. <clears throat> if he's respectable to himself and not respectable to others, you know, what, what, what can I say about that? What can I say about that? I don't get into hero worship. I don't, I don't get into idolizing with people. So I'm not really hurt from this. I really am not. Because I'm, a, I, I'm very much different from everybody else. I see people as these are things that they just do, and that's just another aspect of them. You understand? Meaning which, let's say you're a great electrician, right? And you showed me how to do some electrical work. But I find out you might have stabbed somebody and they died. You understand? I'll still use your electrical work that you showed me. I might not be around you, but I'll still use your electrical work. That's how I look at celebrities. That's how I look at these people that write books, self-help books. That's how I look at these scientists, where a lot of them were wife beaters, racists, and things of that nature. I don't embody them. I take certain aspects and add them to myself. That's what I do. But what the human, what typical human do, what he, as I said, let me put it this way, what humans normally do, they get enamored with people. They worship people. They want to be these people. And that's where a lot of the hurt comes from. These people, just like how you're flawed, and sometimes you're better at the core than some of these people to tell the truth. But just like how you're flawed, these people are flawed. But they do great things. So I recommend that everybody, whoever they're, they're idolizing, whoever they feel helped them out, you know, whoever they follow, what you have to do is just take those great aspects and leave everything alone. Because these people cheat on their wife, they're alcoholics, you know, wife beaters, they're racist. You find out all kinds of things. And this is why they also say don't meet your heroes. Because you can be disappointed at times when you see certain aspects that you're flawed with looking back at yourself, and worse at times, just so they do great things. You understand? And that's what I have to say about it. Back over to you, Afrolet. Q, your impressions of this, this issue? Just briefly, two things, uh, and I put it up on Twitter, uh, I tweeted about it. Um, I'm just, it just, I'm just tired of seeing. It seems like our icons are either dying too early, winding up broke, or in the in the case of Mr. Cosby, going to jail. And um, I, I just, I don't know if we're just tripping over our own feet. I mean, but we, we just can't afford to be stumbling like this. And now, you know, one of my favorite journalists, uh, Joy Reid, she's catching the two. What do you call it? The two piece. She's catching oh, yeah. the two-piece over some stupid oh, yeah. stuff she did in the past and yeah, not fessing up to what she did. And, you know, uh, so that's the first thing. Second thing is this uh, this second trial. I, I don't have all the details, but it seemed like the first trial. It took it took some matter of time to get to the mistrial point, but this new trial seemed like it was over and I don't know how long. And boom, guilty on all three counts. It just seemed a little. Seems a little suspicious to me. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but like, like there's a setup going on. Yeah. Well, I, well hey, I didn't want to say anything, but I, I did see an article. I think this is some Alex Jones territory, but I saw an article that's saying that 
he was set up because he wanted to try to buy NBC or something like that, which I think is ridiculous. But it just something yeah, just doesn't something doesn't ring true for me with this thing. So that's all I had. Well, look, um, never know. I, I got I got to keep it one hundred, right? For me personally, with Dr. Cosby, as I said, the early underpinnings of this program, the foundation of the program had a lot to do with, of course, comic books and and, and geek culture. That was one component. But the other component was Dr. Cosby and his pound cake speech. When he finally laid it clear for me about the lower tier, all those things I talk about, Nick Noggs and some of the the cultural issues that we have internally and, and being able to speak, there was a moment where you, where he actually exemplified the schism that even uh, Candace Owens referenced. Now, you know, now it seems like whether it's Candace Owens or Dr. Cosby, maybe they're not honorable enough to actually have a legitimate conversation. But when he first went into this pound cake speech, and again, to the listening audience, we're talking about, I believe it was the, the 50th anniversary of the uh, Board versus Topeka um, education case, the, the famed Thurgood Marshall case. And the, in that 50th anniversary speech, 50th anniversary, he did this kind of off-the-cuff, quote-unquote, pound cake speech. And he went, he went in on some of the, 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 the cultural miscues that many folks in the community are, you know, we discussed, ratchet culture. Some of that, that that's going on that appears to be kind of holding up holding back the black collective. Some of what he was saying had to be said in a visceral way for people to get it. And then when he had it, he had this book, Come On People. Listen, hell, I was so much of a Dr. Cosby fan, you can go into the annals. I was able to get his right-hand man on the show. Hell, I was trying to, if I really put more, uh, you know, more, more pedal on, metal to the pedal, I probably could have gotten Dr. Cosby himself. Now, I don't want, anywhere, want him anywhere near this show. But I had Dr. Alvin Poussant, the famed Harvard psychiatrist, and you can go to the annals. Uh, I had him on the show. That was one of one of our big gets. If I couldn't get Cosby, I got his. I got literally his right hand man, uh, Dr. Poussant. You can go to the credits of the Cosby Show. He was the official consultant. Many of the educational beats, the the um, parenting beats of the Cosby Show. Are are, are are basically under the under the responsibility or or, or of the responsibility of Dr. Poussaint. He's the reason. And I and I was raised in a middle class environment. You know, I'm always talking about St. Albans, St. Albans, New York. St. Albans, Queens has a lot of bragging rights. This I was just speaking to the Oracle earlier today, and I was telling him we was going back and forth and. Uh, I have a great deal of pride uh, uh, having come from St. Albans. Um, a lot of it has to do with the fact that St. Albans is like is literally black Hollywood, new and old. Let me repeat that, new and old. If you go to Wikipedia and put in St. Albans, New York, there, there are several St. Albans, by the way. There's a St. Albans in London, pardon me, St. Albans in, in Britain. There's a St. Albans in Vermont, and there's a St. Albans in New York. The more famous one is the one that's in New York because – Everybody who's anybody, I'm, I'm just going to go through just a few people from St. Albans. You got W.E.B. Du Bois was a resident of St. Albans. Percy Sutton 
was a, was a resident of St. Albans. Ella Fitzgerald, a tribe called Quest to, go, to bring it more home. Ella Cool J, these are more modern people. Count Basie, James Brown, Coltrane. So you know why? That's probably why I'm, I'm just goddamn arrogant. Lena Horne. We're saying, I mean, come on now. Fats Waller. I can go on and on and on. Is, but is there a museum I'm, in St. Albans, hopefully? Is there a museum up there? These are I sure will come visit. <laughs> these, are, these are nods, Q. These are nods. Oh. Okay. Now, now, now I'm putting, I, I got to be that visceral. Now I got my pound cake speech. Now hopefully nothing doesn't happen to me. But the reason why I, I say that, we got a mural that we're probably going to do some video. We're going to probably do some video in front of this mural. There's a mural on the side of nuclear cleaners. The cleaners, if you ever look at the rhyme video, the check the rhyme video has um, is where you, if you see the video, you see Tribe Called Quest performing on the roof. On the side of the the, the cleaners, there's a a great mural based on the on the um, what is the fa- their famous album the the uh, the low down theory I think it's called low end theory low end theory. low end theory yeah the low end theory it has that same that 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 same um, drawing. So, and then also the name of the street is called Tribe Called Quest Way. So there are things going on. There's another mural further down from there that has some of the, you know, the the, the uh, Lena Horns and the Louis Armstrongs. It, 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 you know, there's things going on. But that that's it. What, what does this have to do with Cosby? So what, what I'm saying is, you have all these mountains, a mountain of of success and entertainment and education. I mean, just, you're talking about the, the, the Avengers. We got the real life Avengers in, in, in this area. So, uh, when you have a, a Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby was, was the pinnacle, and, and Q, was, Q was, could read my mind. It's not just Dr. Cosby. It's the fact that if you go into what really has gone down for the last couple of years, Michael Jackson is off the scene. Prince is off the scene. Whitney Houston is off the scene. Dr. Cosby is in jail or going to jail or whatever happened to him. He's on house arrest. O.J. Simpson, believe it or not, he's not he, – O.J. Simpson is, 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 a, is a shadow of his former self. I mean, when you start to go down the line of high-profile black folks – and again, these were the black people that really led us – led us to a certain direction now. I mean, you got to give it up. O.J. Simpson represented something. Of course, later on, we can get into I'm not black, I'm O.J. We can talk about all that. But I'm talking about O.J., early O.J., running through airports and commercials. Like, he was the first high-profile athlete that led to these big paychecks that you see uh, LeBron James and all these other people getting. It's O.J. Simpson. Because O.J. Simpson was making enough money where he was still a paid guy decades after he was spent. So I, I don't, I, I don't want to get into, into conspiratorial thinking, but something does ring a little foul when you have this level of mountainous talent off the scene. I mean, this is, this is, like, a, this is like a Guinness Book of World Records kind of thing. Who could predict that these people couldn't maintain. These are the kind of people 
that you need if, you're, if you want to talk about generational wealth. What happens now? See, this is when you start to think one of the, one of the main things that's problematic for black people. You know, we, 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 saw, the, we saw these, um, these recent figures that came out, Q, and to our listening audience, these recent figures, and we spoke about this a few shows ago, that show just what black wealth is and what it isn't. And allegedly, they had this prediction that it would take, what, over 200 years for black people to catch up with white people today. See, that's another thing, too. Some people looked at that like, oh, well, in 200 years, we'll catch up to white people. No. <laughs> You're never going to catch up to white people, in theory. I, hope that's, I, I have hope that that will not be the case. But the way the numbers, the way the metrics work is that the place that white people are in 2018 is where your black behind will be in 200 years from now. Two, in two, 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 2,218, you will be where you are in 2018. A white person is in 2018. White people will already be at 2,218. You're going to be you're going to be uh, un- further enough along just to make it to 2018. You know. You know, it's funny, uh, just to piggyback off that, that point right there, uh, a couple of weeks ago I flew out to St. Louis and to Chattanooga, Tennessee, uh, to do interviews for um, the upcoming TV One State of Black America. So we interviewed the CEOs of uh, the National Urban League of those two cities, St. Louis and Chattanooga. And, they, you know, they had positive outlooks on their city, their towns, and what they were doing. You know, very, very positive, very uplifting. And then the question would always come at the end, okay, so what is the state of black America? And then you got the stammers and the ums and the, let me think about that. And, I, and I'm, sitting there, I'm sitting there behind the camera like, damn. <laughs> I just had to share that with you. It, it, those answers didn't come easy. What's the state of black America? And those questions didn't come easy. Those answers didn't come easy because you knew there was a bunch of sweet and low Saccharin and sugar coating going on. They had to they had to do that before they could respond. Oh, we lost them. Come on, man. Come on. What's going on, Alert, man? Conspiratorial today. You understand? It's not Thanos. You understand? It might be NSA. <laughs> Maybe CIA. Maybe CIA too. You know, with this stuff. You got to be careful here, man. You know? You got to be definitely careful here. As soon as he comes on back. You have anything more to say, Q, pertaining to that situation? You can let it rip some if you, you know. Could be no, not, not really. It's just I, I think he was he was on a tear, and I just wanted to uh, offer not necessarily a negative uh, 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 dystopian uh, punctuation to that, but, um, you know, it is what it is. Okay. Yeah, the, the, now, there must be some kind of a military operation preventing this this, this discourse. But anyway, <laughs> um, yeah. So when I was getting into like someone like Bill Cosby, Bill Cosby was uh, see, listen again. We don't know what his, his his standard of wealth is now. When you go to these type of cases, they can decimate your wealth. Hopefully, some of this stuff is covered under insurance. Believe it or not, insurance can can cover some of this kind of stuff. But he, he, but I, I listen. I'm still fearful. That we, we do not know the state of his finances. So 
when you start to go, and again, this is trying not to delve into conspiratorial thinking. When you think of someone like Michael Jackson, who was shrewd enough, you know he was crazed and had that uh, Sammy Sosa, little Kim bug with, with his own issues of color, colorism. Uh, he was able to purchase, the, the, he was shrewd enough to purchase the Beatles sound uh, music catalog right underneath the nose of Paul McCartney, which actually ruined their friendship. So anyway, he was shrewd enough to do that, and he was always leveraging leveraging that, that music catalog. Now I think it's back in the hands of Sony or some, something like that. I mean, y- you, you wonder uh, if, they have, if there aren't any uh, machinations afoot that would dismantle some of these people from their money. It, it comes off a little like that. Because, again, Cosby had a certain kind of wealth that you're supposed to be able to transfer to your heirs. Uh, Michael Jackson certainly was, was actually, if you're going to keep it 100 again, he was, he was larger than Elvis. Was, Elvis was the standard. Michael Jackson surpassed that standard. And we see that folks 40 years after Elvis's death, are still visiting Graceland. Graceland is like the second or third most visited home in the country. Okay, it's it's like a little bit after the uh, or below, I should say, below the White House. So that that uh, Presley money is still circulating for his heirs. It's still going down for him. To say to yourself. What, what, you know, Elvis was a poor white boy, just like, uh, just like Michael Jackson was a poor black boy from Gary, Indiana. What's the, what, why aren't, why isn't that money circulating the way, same way? Neverland Ranch. I am not even the biggest Michael Jackson fan. I always envision myself at least taking a trip to see this damn thing. We can't do it now. They're, they're breaking up that land. It's like Michael Jackson never existed. I mean, what's going on? How does Michael Jackson not exist anymore? Now, Jimi Hendrix still exists because Jimi Hendrix died young enough and early enough. He was already co-opted as a, as a quote-unquote white hero. Black folks failed to really embrace Jimi Hendrix the way that, that he should be embraced. When you listen to Jimi Hendrix, Hendrix music now, Jimmy Hendrix was doing straight blues music. Sure, it was electrified blues, but it's still it's still very much in the black standard. It's still very black music. But at the time, white folks looked at Jimmy Hendrix like he was doing some white stuff. And again, rock music really ain't white stuff. It is now. It is now. Hip hop is seems to be going in that same trajectory, isn't it? We got a caller. Uh, let me go to nine one six. 916, welcome to the Grindhouse. Tell us who you are, where you're calling from. What's up? Every time I call, you never know what's me. Oh, uh, my man. <laughs> you can speak you I'm can shocked. speak about this. Big, Big man. sexy. I won't, yeah. I won't leave the other I'll leave the other part out of it. <laughs> <laughs> um, real quickly, guys, on the Bill Cosby and his wealth, as far as I know. He hasn't been found liable on any civil actions, only this criminal action. And so his wealth should be intact. Mm. 
I, I hope what you say, I, I'm not disagreeing with you because, you know, listen, you, you have the JD. But um, we saw with the Goldmans, the Go- well, even the Goldmans are having problems getting OJ's money because a lot of it is, 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 is retirement money, it's in annuities, and you really can't get after that money. But, but the uh, Goldmans who's say- got the civil verdict. Well, so I'm getting at. There was nothing. Okay. They 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 they, they, would, he, they they lost on the criminal side, so they went after him on the civil side. What's to stop all these? You know, Gloria Allred and her whole crew. When, when I see Gloria Allred, even you you can say this to you can you can attest to this, counselor. When I see Gloria Allred connected to anything, I feel like this is just a shakedown. She doesn't give me the impression, oh, yeah. even even on my side of of the, the legal realm, there are attorneys that we know. That they never try a case. <laughs> they never try a case. You know they're not going to try a case. They're only there just to make just to, just just for settlements. They're just they just that's all they do. And, you, and they're, nuisance, they're nuisance they're nuisance value attorneys, and you just pay them to go away, literally. Do you so, really, you're hitting the player, not the game. Come on, that's well, the game, look, and she has every right. <laughs> to play that game, okay, it's, not well, like it's not like she's representing uh, crackpots, you know. Yeah, well, listen, it's with, not. with people, well, see, exactly. Black China's a client now. <laughs> Everyone has a right to an attorney, though. I don't so, understand this. Listen, Everyone has saw, a right to an attorney. I gotta, I gotta go there, Captain. We saw Miss China's skill. We saw Miss China's skills. I'll leave it at that. Her skills. She deserves nothing. <laughs> Her skills on camera. I'll leave it at that. She, she, she. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> that's that's an Afro dark. It's an Afro dark comment. Afro after dark comment. But anyway, uh, she and her. Listen, we had we interviewed her daughter. Her daughter. What's her daughter's name? She's also uh, an attorney. Uh, Lisa Bloom. Lisa Bloom. You can go yes. to the annals. We we interviewed Lisa Bloom. Lisa Bloom, like mother, like daughter. I'll leave it at that. Yep. And she's a lovely person, lovely person. But they're in that business. So what? Are you, so so uh, BS. What what are your thoughts, man? I mean, what, what would you at least concede? And this is not to go into this conspiracy conspiratorial thing. But I am a little bothered that we have a, a certain segment of like top, 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 top flight black. Celebrities and notables That first of all Whitney Houston we knew she was smoking up her money But these people These people Should have should have been able to produce Generational wealth And now It, it doesn't like white folks We see even throughout Even with their their ex- Excesses Whether it's the, 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 whether it's the Gettys they were on TV recently. There's a TV series about uh, the kidnapping of the son. That 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 Getty money isn't going anywhere. anywhere. Okay, uh, you know that that uh, any any of these any of these 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 um, these wealthy blue blood that blue wealthy blue blood money is not going anywhere. Black folks when they start to dip a toe into that pool, something makes that toe get cut off. What are your thoughts about well, that? Well. Well, regarding Michael Jackson's estate and that situation, Michael's children are very well pay, you know, taken care of. Uh, he turned that Beatles money, which was, I believe, a $41 million 
investment in 1984, and Sony, you know, purchased it back recently for a billion and some change. So they're going to be fine. Um, and that that deal only encompassed the ATV catalog. It did not encompass Michael's own publishing. So the family, his kids, still have that. You know, so Michael's generation of wealth is exactly that. Those kids are going to be fine. Now, provided they can keep, you know, Marlon and Jermaine out of the military, <laughs> they'll be all right. But those kids are going to be fine. Uh, Prince, and we all know I'm a gigantic Prince fan, uh, Prince made the, the cardinal mistake of not doing any estate planning. That's why his situation is what it is right now. But I'm looking at black people who are still surviving. Jay-Z is going to be fine. You know, his his little girl, I forget her name, but she's going to be just fine. Uh, Blue Ivy. What's her name? Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy. Blue Ivy's going to be fine. Puff Diddley's kids are going to be fine. You know, Dre's kids are going to be fine. You know, I think a lot of people are letting the Cosby criminal verdict push them down that path. Now, again, as far as I know, no one has moved on him in a civil case, probably because there are statutes of limitations involved here. That's true. So That's I don't true. think they can really get on him. So what, what do you think is going to happen to him as far as sentencing? I mean, he's going, is, he, is he going to really do some time on this? I mean, he's talking about 30 years. The guy's 80. Well, again, I don't, uh, I don't practice in Pennsylvania. And I believe it was three counts he was uh, convicted of. Yes, is that correct? And I, it, I, I read a story here that said he was gonna. The judge will most likely have those counts, those charges, or what do you want to call the sentencing, run concurrently. Okay, assuming they run concurrently, again, I don't know exactly the code sections, but let's say a maximum is ten years. That ain't happening. How it works is this: when a person is convicted by jury. You know, the DAs and especially the judges, they look at the triad. That means the low, medium, and high sentencing possibilities. So if if the triad on this is, say, 2, 5, and 10, they're going to look at 5 in the beginning, and then they're going to look at Bill Cosby's criminal record. If he doesn't have one, it'll be low term. And when you get into low term, that lets you get into things like home detention and – you know, extended probation of a supervised nature. Again, he's not going to, to Oz. That's not happening. He's not going to the country club. That's not happening. Yeah, so I, I, I would be very surprised if they locked him up because, again, I'm not trying to be anyone defending anybody, but they got Bill on sexual assault, not on rape. Now, in California, that's two different things. Now, assuming that is the same premise in Pennsylvania, plus he's 80, plus he's never been in trouble, I, I just can't see that. See a, a court locking him up. When the DA tried to call him out at, at the uh, verdict, he was just grandstanding. That's all he's doing. Hey, can I ask a question real quick? Big sexy uh, fellow red shirt, by the way. I have to throw that in. Um, you mentioned that he – the statute of limitations that run out on any possibility of a civil trial, I think you said. So 
Is there a different statute of limitations in terms of a criminal trial in terms of sexual assault? Certain crimes, depending on states you're in, certain crimes have no statute of limitations. Is this one? Of, this must be one of those. It could be one of them. Yes. So and, like I know in California, murder, forget it. No, they're yeah. coming to get you. And if he doesn't do any jail time, I can just see the the Me Too movement just losing their minds. I, I, who knows what the well, what they, the pushback? Well, they should be prepared to lose it because it's not going to happen. Now again, let me be clear here. I'm not saying it's not going to happen because he doesn't warrant it. I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is when you have a first-time offender at that age, okay, with no record, please, ain't no way they're going to throw him in prison. No way. All right. Not under well, this. You, you say no way. I say no way should no not have reached way. this far. But hey, That's true, too. Okay. We got to go with you. We got to go with and you. Know, and you know this man paid almost – and this man almost paid $4 million in the civil end like 10 years ago, whatever it was. I mean, that's, that's also incredible. He already paid Howard Stern. I'm going to go there. She looks, it looks like Howard Stern, for Christ's sake. She paid Ms. Howard Stern almost $4 million, and he's still going to jail? See, this, this was this – was, I, I, I want to bring another caller, but I, I got to add something else. This is, maybe I'm going a little, little uh, fourth wall here. But let me, go, let me bring, in, bring in this other caller. I'm going to keep BS on. I, I want to bring up more about the – the respectability politics angle, and also Hannibal Hannibal Burress. Hannibal Burress, the comedian, has gone dark after this verdict, and so and maybe oh, yeah. so should he, maybe he should. This is where the effery is afoot to me. Three one four. Welcome to the Grindhouse. Tell us who you are and where you're calling from. What's up? Yeah, it's Bianchi coming from the Midwest. How you doing? Our our Trump supporter. What's up, man? Well, yes, I am. But and you, Kanye, you Kanye know, was uh, supporter too. I would suspect. No, I'm not. Okay. You know, uh, you made mention about Gloria Aldrich being a all red, right? Uh, shakedown. Well, why come she don't? Wonder why she doesn't receive the type of ridicule from the black community the way they ridicule Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton as being shakedown artists. That's one of the hmms. And another point. <clears throat> These women, and I believe him because he said he didn't do it, and what he did do, say he did, I believe that too. But uh, these women apparently did not get the elevation that they were expecting to get for meeting with him, and now they're claiming sexual assault. Well, let me ask you a question. How about the women that do get elevated? and have to participate in some activity that's been designated as sexual assault. Should they feel guilty and say, I'm resigning because I got my position by this method? Well, you know what? I'm going to go around the horn. I've been going in this direction for a minute, and I'm not allowed to go in this direction. Uh, Q, a BS, um, a captain, you want to take on what the gentleman is talking about? Well, in a perfect world, you are correct. They should resign. But we, well, what do I always say? Fairness is the illusion of the weak to protect you from the strong to no avail. You, when you have power, you do what you want. In a perfect world, they should. None of that shouldn't be going on. We all know that. We all know that. We all know that. But it's not about that right now. 
It's not about that right now. Maybe in the future it will be. You know? We all know that. They need to all step down. <laughs> you have a massive problem in Hollywood right now. <laughs> massive. You know? But it's not about that, though. That's all I want to say. Back over to you, Alfred. It's about getting the men. You know, we're the, we're the toxic masculinity. We're the problem. You know? We're the bad guys. Well, well look. Well, I, 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 I'm not even going to go into this. I mean, I'm, I'm going to talk about it, but I want to, I want to go around the horn. Uh, Q, any thoughts on what the gentleman is talking about? Um, you know, I, I don't really like to speak without knowing a modicum of facts, which I don't know, but on the surface of it, I'm not sure why women who were, if I understand what was being said, women who were given positions that acquired them through uh, sexual favors, I'd like to look at their record as they are performing those positions, positions of the job, that is, and determine if they merit, if they're if they're performing their jobs. And if they are, no, I don't think they should step down. No, but what he's talking about, Q, and this is what I want to go to the counselor on, is that this is this is a quid pro quo sexual situation, meaning that, and this is this is 1920s Hollywood. In fact, that's even 19, 1915 Hollywood, the silent era Hollywood. Since Hollywood's inception, there's been this quid pro quo. Um, it's the culture. It's the casting couch. We've all known about it. Har- Harvey Weinstein was 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 joked about. Uh, in comedy shows about the alleged cast, people knew how this guy got down, and it, he just got to uh, he, he got to a point where it was a point of no return. We're, we're we're in a different place culturally, but what he's talking about is women who are open-eyed and very clear about ac- acquiescing to uh, a powerful man's request. These women concede to it. They get something out of it, an Academy Award, a, a, a TV series, a multi-million dollar studio contract, and then later on there's a referendum and the hands are out saying, well, I might have agreed to doing this, but it wasn't right, so you still owe me. That's what he's getting into. Now, I, I'm the first to say I believe there to be legitimate, heinous criminal acts well, done by people. Okay, I'm going to give that – I'm going to give that, that – uh, the actor, I'm losing my memory. The actor's name that got into trouble for saying what? Uh, what's his name? Ah, oh, shit. Pertaining to what? He, uh, they always, they always, he's, he's like a persona non grata right now. He's um, Ben, ben Affleck's, Ben Affleck's friend. Matt Damon. Oh, you talk Matt Damon. Matt Damon. Matt, da- okay. Matt Damon has clarified this argument before, and they still didn't like it. Matt Damon said that there is a there is a a spectrum of behavior. And each, each inch of that spectrum needs to be qualified, quantified, and adjudicated. That he said it. Everybody understood that. He still was told to shut up and sit down. What, what, yep. what I'm trying to understand That's is you. It's about that. That's the problem with these fools. It's you revenge. Know? That's the problem I'm, with these fools. I'm still either I'm not clear or I'm not. Agreeing well, or, God, let me I'm, explain it to him. Well, you're scared to say uh, the wrong thing, Q. That's, that's just what it is. That's all what it is. Uh, okay. I, but let me finish my question. Let me finish. Using mm-hmm. Bieber's uh, metaphor, I mean, if the actress, you, you mentioned Academy Awards, so that means it was, it was an actress. 
if she if she got an acting job based on the casting couch, she got the job based on the casting couch. She didn't get the Oscar based on the casting couch. So using that metaphor, no, I don't think she should have to give up the Oscar or or any comparable situation if the woman is performing her duties uh, properly and she's exceeding. No, I don't think, d- despite how but she got, got the uh, job, no. You got women coming out to Cosby because they didn't get the position even after they you don't got know on that. the couch. You don't know that. Well, you, well, that's what he says, too. Of course, that's what he but says. But let's, that's why say, that's why let's just say it did happen. But let's just say it did happen because we can go back to even Curly with the Three Stooges, the things he went through. Uh, if a woman is elevated, it doesn't have to be Hollywood. It could be corporate. And she's elevated after doing something that has been considered sexual assault, like in the Cosby case. And she gets the position and has been there making big money. She, at some point in time, she should say, oh, wait a minute. I'm telling, I, are done, you... I got here because of what I did apparently is wrong because Bill Cosby has been charged with I'm doing something to, wrong. I, let me, I want to be very clear. Are you saying that a woman who behaves the same way Bill Cosby did, she is the dominant one? Uh, forcing no, her? I'm, saying, I'm, saying, I'm saying that if a woman gets to position after getting on the couch, now being that what's in the news now pertaining to Bill Cosby, how these women who didn't get the position and they pissed off because they got on the couch and now they want to sue him. You don't know that. Well, Bill, well, 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 look, I got another question. Let's lead that one along. I am in commercial construction and I hire a lot of white workers. White workers. Okay. Yeah. Because, you know, I I mean, that's just the way it is in that particular field. You have more than you. No, I'm not judging that. I'm not, I just want to make sure I'm understanding you. Go ahead. Now I hired them to do a job, a particular job on the project on the weekend if they go to clan meetings or nazi meetings or whatever that's not my concern i hired them for a job now how is that going to play out in the future because you just seen a appointee by donald trump for a veteran head they looked at his past record and the things that he has done and they want to ridicule him about it same thing you've seen with a uh, politician down in Alabama. Uh, I can't think of his name right now, but uh, Roy Moore? do you think? Yeah, Moore. Do you think that the time is going to come when you're just going to have to look at what you hire a person for? Uh, look at all the movements to expunge, not expunge, but remove well, the felon box on applications. Should we put the felon box back on applications if we're going to do this? Well, it always matters. Deeper, you want me to respond, or you? Want, it's your show. I have no, a response, ahead. but I, go ahead. Go well, ahead. I mean, to to conflate the two to me is doesn't make a lot of sense. You're hiring now. If you want to hire Klansmen and Nazis, that's your business. But you're hiring people to work for you, whereas the person that Trump nominated to run the Veterans Affairs Department, that's a person that's a that is a leader. He he would be hired in a leadership capacity. And he would have influence, and he would have power over a vast bureaucracy. That's a huge difference. So, yes, his past does matter, 
And the same thing with the other issue you brought up. I can't remember, but uh, oh, Roy Moore. Yes, he has influence over an entire state or a body of the body of Congress. So his well, let me ask you another question. Does does come into play where he should be examined? It's the vetting system that everyone in Washington agrees with and plays along with. Well, what about this instance in South Carolina on the uh, Confederate monument? Uh, debago, you had some white males that was carrying tiki lamps, and the employer, the employer saw them and fired them. Is that right? If it was it, on I, their own I, time. If if it's a private organization and it's uh what is it? Wow, work, big sexy can help me out. And it's well, uh, what is that? company. They represent the company. I mean, we've seen that. That's not just that could be whatever. Anytime if a police officer is caught, uh, you know, in New York, especially it was a rash of police officers that were posing nude, male and female, for all kinds of reasons that goes against the policy of the NYPD or even uh, the New York Fire Department. They get cut loose. So if a private company sees that these people are affiliated with a racial or racist organization, they may not want to have anything to do with that kind of effery. So I, I, off with their heads. I had no problem. So with that. I should so I should fire my employees because in the weekend they go to clan meetings. If I can, you don't I'll want listen to for know. the rest of them. If you well, don't want to know, but you should you should be prepared to bear the brunt of the public not wanting to hire your services because you hire racial uh, hate mongers. Well, also you have a per- sir, you have a per- a different personal threshold. Maybe some other company has a different threshold than you do. No one's saying that they that they have to do that, but for it it, it might be. Good business to not want to be affiliated with racists. I'm just should saying. the felon box be should the felon box stay on applications? I don't know about that. I'm not sure. I think if we want if we want people to really, I'm going to give you a liberal. And this is I'm conservative, but I'm going to give you kind of a liberal response. I think if we want people to to not have that scarlet letter A emblazoned on their chest for the rest of their damn lives, if you want them to really have a chance at having uh, a, a life that's a chance. You know, if you pay your debt, paying your debt means your loan. I, I, like, for instance, my car, my just personally, my car note's going to be finished paid for in about a month and a half. After the car note's paid for, am I still expecting a bill? No, I paid my debt. I know they, w- they probably would want to, for me to continue paying. So if you, why don't we use the term paying your debt to society if society is still sending you a, a remittance notice, notice? Why are you still getting that invoice after you paid your debt? So I think there's a logic to it. Well, well, the, the victim, and it could be that the victim of that felon may feel that the harshness was not harsh enough. But well, anyway, I'm going to let you guys carry on. I, I didn't want to take up all your time. We appreciate that. Yeah. Appreciate that. Uh, listen, I think I, I think I'm going to bring Sergio in two shakes. I think that uh, again, child molestation, you know, murder, or even what type of murder it is, uh, you know, maybe maybe you realistically you can't come back from that. But other types of crimes, I don't think you should necessarily continue paying your debt when you supposedly paid your debt already. I'm just saying, if you want, if you want. True rehabilitation, which I think we all want. I, I'm not a fan of criminal criminals or criminal behavior, but I also feel like you got to give people a shot if you're telling them you paid your debt. That's my own opinion. Serge, you're back. What's up? 
Yeah, I'm sorry. I was listening to the conversation when you start going to Cosby, and I wanted to hear what you were going to say about uh, Hannibal Burris. Okay, let me go into this. Okay. I said this before. This is this is my this is my problem. Uh, again, I said at the top of the show, I, I have a I had a special connection to the Cosby mystique. Afro nerd wouldn't exist if it wasn't for Dr. Cosby. There'd be truth be told. So anyway, my my. My problem is that Hannibal Burris, he did his stand-up act, right? And because of technology, someone videotaped his routine where he has a respectability argument about Bill Cosby. Now, where, respect, where respectability politics rears its head is that uh, the, the gist of his routine was um, – well, hey, you know, look, Cosby is a rapist. Check Google. Why isn't anybody checking Google? <clears throat> Just go to Google. I don't make this stuff up. So because this was a social media situation, because a comedian asked for an investigation, voila, an investigation takes place. And not only does he say that Cosby was a rapist, because his problem wasn't, that Cosby is an alleged rapist. His problem was, and this is like the linchpin of his of his joke was, and he says it not so comically. He says, "How dare Cosby tell tells us tell us or tell black youth to pull up their pants?" So let me get this nog. Is it because Cosby is a rapist, or is it because he told you to pull up your goddamn pants? So there are some black folks that are disingenuous about the actual criminality of Cosby versus Cosby's pound cake speech and Cosby simply telling black people to do some course correction. There, there, there is something disingenuous about that. And this article in the Washington Post basically confirms it. That you know what? Cosby's demise goes all the way back to 2004 and the 50th anniversary of of the Brown versus Board of Education case. That, that it stinks. And why, is, why was it social media that brought Cosby to justice when we've known the, about these allegations for decades? So, so Hannibal Burris is the lead investigator? Something doesn't <laughs> ring right. This, this, is, this is, I want to say, this is, this, is me go, this is me getting out of pocket. This is the white man having his pound of flesh. Oh, come you. on. Come on. Well, well, look. Come on. Look, look. Bill Cosby, wait, wait, Bill wait, wait, Cosby wait, 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 was a com- How do you explain a comedian asking the question on social media, and all of a sudden, now it's a reality? It's always been a reality. It's just that somehow his, his asking of the question went viral, and then somehow – you know, the the judge decides to open up a deposition. This is where the counsel can speak about this. Listen, Cosby is essentially guilty because he made he made these these uh, confessions during a deposition, an examination before trial. EBT is the acronym. Is the acronym. And he made he made, but it was it was closed. And because he's a little too smart, the judge says, you know what? I'm going to reopen this. So something that's not something's not right. Some some machinations no, pre- behind the scenes made this happen. 
Um, first of all, first of all, I, I, I got to defend Hannibal Burris because I think he's very funny. Number two, don't forget, I'm going to be in town next week. I'll, I'll call you when I get there. Okay. The, the, uh, next weekend. The, the, the thing also is the fact that no, you're wrong. People did not know about Cosby. I knew about Cosby, but the overwhelming majority of people, I look, they really didn't know these stories. They believed the image they saw on the TV show, the sitcom, and the TV commercials. So when when Hannibal Burris said what he said on, on in, his, in his act, which he had been saying for months, it was part of his regular routine at the time, it just so happens that somebody taped it, right? And, and that it also is the power of today, the social, of the Internet, of the social media thing, right? Because... Um, it wasn't as powerful as it was back in 2004, you know? And also the other thing about what Cosby said in 2004, I, I would argue is not what he said, but how he said it. His commendation, like this smugness, that you can make the argument that you can agree with him, and I think a lot of people agreed with him. A lot of black people agreed with him. But his whole dismissive tone and his his smug arrogance is what turned people off about what he said, right? It just so happens that back in 2004, the social media thing wasn't a big thing back then. Hey, D-Bert, get your make me feel good cue. Get I'm that going. Say, I'm, I, I was, I, I was <laughs> thinking, man. <laughs> I, I'm going to try. Dan, you, you, you're, you, you're, you're right. Me. You're right, uh, but we didn't like the way you said it to us. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I didn't say I didn't say it in a comforting kind of way, you know. I didn't I didn't I didn't get out the uh, I didn't get out I didn't get out the cocoa butter. And I don't do that I don't do that for males, by the way. So I'm not gonna get I'm not gonna bring the cocoa butter out for you, okay? For for someone like Halle Berry, yes, she gets that cocoa butter for me, of course, <laughs> and tender tenderness. But for the rest by, of the night, by the way, no. By, by the way, can I tell you that I've been following Halle Bam Halle Halle Berry on Instagram. Wow, she you ought, you ought to check out on Instagram. You really should. So, so Deborah, are you upset with Hannibal Burris? There we go. <laughs> Deborah, are you upset with Hannibal Burris because of the comments he made, or because? No, well, I I thought I I didn't like the. Or because it went viral, because it going viral is not his fault. No, but look. The part is that when he, he told the joke, and then the tail end of the joke had a little bit of anger on it, where it really was it was it was really uh, how he felt. When he says, "How dare he tell black black people to pull their pants up?" It it, it reminded me of of uh, Jesse Jackson threatening to castrate pres- uh, then Senator Barack Obama. It was a little bit of truth. Yeah, well, listen. I like I like Hannibal Bur- Burris also. I like his humor. I like his dry wit. I'm not gonna, you know, I, he he and uh, Eric Andre. I like what they do, but I, I I'm also aware that we've seen this up close. There's a faction of the black community that doesn't take kindly to respectability politics. They just don't. They don't. They they want to be able to do their slut walks. They want to be able to do get their Cardi B on and do twerking while pregnant. They want to do all these 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 things, and they want to be able to get up in, into the White House at the same time. No, but look what happened to Jesse Jackson. He never recovered from that incident. 
He never did. When's the last time you've ever seen him? Now, granted, he's in his 70s now. He is ill. He's battling Parkinson's disease. You know, so he, you know, he doesn't have the mobility. He can't be out like he used to. But when that moment, when he was caught on camera, and I still think he did it intentionally, he's been on TV long enough to know that the mic's always hot. But it blew up in his face, and he never recovered from that afterwards. Well, you see... You see, he's another person after what he was doing behind the scenes, you know, uh, giving, gi- giving solace to President Clinton for the same behavior that he exhibited with, with shenanigans and, and uh, walking out on his marriage and having uh, break babies that they see on the street. He, not even really a break baby. He was still married to his wife. Uh, he, was, he was exhibiting behavior where, of course, he's not going to like respectability politics either. You, mean, you know, and then see, his son, see, you know, his start, son, well, spent, you know, was sent to federal prison. You know, uh, yeah, going to prison, uh, going to prison, going to prison, stealing Michael Jackson gloves and, and paraphernalia. Come on now. <laughs> well, he, that, he, that, he that, bought bootleg stuff, right? I mean, you know, that whole that whole Jackson <laughs> dynasty has collapsed. You know, it's it's gone. Now. I wish, I wish, I wish we, I wish we didn't, I wish we could curse on the show because I really want to say some stuff. But especially, and and actually, I, I actually liked Jesse Jackson Jr. Uh, because he was more eloquent than senior, and he was—he uh, looked like he was in a position to kind of take the place of Barack Obama. He was going in a certain trajectory, and he effed it up for, for, buy, for buying memorabilia. Michael Jackson. Didn't he? Say he had, didn't he, didn't, he, <laughs> didn't he become diagnosed with bipolarism or something? Well, that's, that's what you see. Being from <laughs> Chicago, that—that that, that is what he claimed. That the reason he he misappropriated these campaign funds was because of bipolar problem, but his wife was also convicted too of the same thing. So what more do you too. want from me? So, so <laughs> you know, so now I don't know where he is. He's gone through a very ugly, nasty divorce. Uh, his wife keeps taking him to court for more child support money. Uh, his wife has been disbarred. She was a lawyer. Uh, she's been disbarred. I mean, that whole thing has turned to one big, you know, S show. So, and then you go, you don't see him anymore. You don't hear about him anymore. You know, they still have the meetings that push around the corner, but, you know, it's not like what it was, what it used to be back in the day. Well, well this is what I'm talking about. We, got, we have a set of black folks that were at the heights, and they go for short money. They go for, they go for like, trinkets and baubles and Michael Jackson's sprinkly gloves. And then you're in prison for like three years. I mean, this is like you can't write us. This is like a comedy routine. This is an SNL skit. There are some black <laughs> folks that live their lives like it's an SNL skit. I, I'm not going for it. This is my this well, is my pound pound cake speech. God forbid, if you believe in a theory that I get caught up in Cosby nonsense. But I will try my best, if ever given an opportunity like these folks have gotten, to not f it up. All you have to do is try but, to not but, ask no, up. but the thing about it, and we're going to another, we're going to give a tra- uh, trajectory now. But the thing about it is that, of course, the Obamas, the Obamas comes up, and you, I mean, Jesse Jackson could not compete with with Barack Obama. Well, you know, listen, it's it's like it was like apples and oranges. I mean, I gotta there was say no Every, joke. There. I got one. We got about a minute remaining, but I got to say this quick thing. Uh, okay, or, or Captain, do you want to go over for a few minutes? <laughs> I'm going to ask you. No. No. All right. <laughs> All right. All right. I'll, I'll just say this. I've, i I got to keep a third eye on the Obamas. Nobody is, is, nobody is saved. I saw Sasha Obama hanging out with Cardi B. 
So I don't know what oh, I don't know. No. Yeah. Oh no. So I, you know, I back. said your head was going to explode when I saw that picture. Well, you know, look, she's a young anything is possible girl now. She she still uh, is a young girl. I don't, is she in college now or is she still in high school? I don't she's know. in college. She's a, no, 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 no. The older Sasha. one is, is a child. This is the youngest one. This is the younger one. Oh. oh. Uh, I think I think she's still in high school. She may be in her last year in high school. Okay, she's a high school senior. You know, I mean, come on. She hangs up. Okay. She hangs out with him. I, I'm more concerned about the fact, and I think this was a big mistake, that um, the oldest daughter for a while was working for um, uh, Harry Weinstein. I mean, Harvey Weinstein. That, to me, is a problem. Well, on that note, gentlemen, since we don't, we're not going to go over time, we've got 20 seconds and counting. It's been a pleasure. I, I had intended to make it a three-hour show, and I guess I, re- I have my regrets. Uh, Wednesday, we'll get it in about Avengers, where the uh, animated Daryl B. will be in full effect. We'll hear what the hell he has to say. Anyway, it's been a pleasure. Going out on Zap Mama, Bandy Bandy, Wednesday, 7 p.m. It's been real, gentlemen.